There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Now this is what killed the Detroit Lions. We're going to tell you that in just about a minute. Good morning. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. And we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. And our match selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Here he is, Mr. Bucky Brooks. Hello, Buck. How was your week? What's up? What's going on, Andy? Big week. Uh, great week. We got the in-between week where we got Pro Bowl just before Super Bowl. So I'm excited. Uh, I was excited to watch the championship games last week, but I'm looking forward to Super Bowl 58. Right, and before we get there, I got something to get off my chest. It's enough. It's got to stop. It's going to stop right here. It's going to stop now. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the bashing of one Dan Campbell. Maybe I'm too close. Maybe I like him too much. But the Detroit Lions, they led the 49ers by about 14 points midway through the third quarter of that NFC Championship game, and they were in a position really to open it up, put their foot on their chest, and really win that ball game. They All they had to do was go for a field goal. That's when Campbell made the decision that really to very many people kind of defy traditional football thinking. They went for it on fourth down. They didn't get it. Then they proceeded to blow their shot at the Super Bowl. And everybody and anybody jumping on the freaking bandwagon to bury Coach Dan Campbell. And I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired all about it. I don't want to hear it anymore. It stops here. It stops now. In the second half, the Lions twice turned the ball over on downs. They were in position, obviously, to kick field goals then. Those decisions cost them the six points, and they lost the game by three. And you know what? This is what basically got them to that game, all right? It's analytics. That's what Dan Campbell follows it by. It's not from his gut. It's analytics. I want to know what you have to say about that. I'm tired of the Dan Campbell all week long bashing of Coach Campbell. Well, I mean, look, I think he deserves to be criticized. I mean, anytime you have a 17-point lead at the halftime of a championship game, you're expected to win the game. And I think people are so critical uh, over his decisions in those moments is because it was a 14-point lead. You had a reasonable 
uh, field goal that would have kept it a three-score game. It, would, it was only 22 minutes. At some point as the head coach, you're not only playing the opponent, you're playing the clock game. And a three-score lead with 22 minutes seems insurmountable. But by going for it and not getting it and then allowing them to score and then you have a turnover, um, a game that was under your control, it now becomes an even Steven contest and one that you just couldn't reel back in on the road. And so I think the the conversation is when it comes to analytics and being aggressive and all those things like, yes, analytics are great. They have its place. But the coach also has to use some discretion when it comes to a what does my team look like? How is momentum kind of being a part of this environment and right now the analytics community has no thought for that they're just like go 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 everything is aggressive and sometimes even if it's a minuscule uh increase in win probability sometimes the better decision is to play it a little more traditional I'm hearing you with both ears. There's no doubt about that. But here's the deal. I don't think anybody should have been shocked. And that's why I'm really upset about the bashing of Dan Campbell, because that's what he did all year long. This is not something he just pulled out of a hat, like pulling out of a rabbit magic thing. I mean, he did this all year long. They were at 24-10 near the middle of the third quarter. It was fourth and two, obvious choice. Old school would have gone for the field goal. He didn't, okay? And he missed. Then despite the outcome, look, I'm saying that it wasn't a gut decision. It was data. It was analytics. And I looked up this model of the year. One popular model said that the Lions had an 85% chance of winning by going for it, like you said, by going for it, all right? And 82% if they kicked the field goal. So it was kind of half and half. And that's Dan Campbell. He, he's the riverboat gambler. So I'm, I wasn't surprised, and I kind of liked that he did it. It didn't happen. Uh, if he makes it and they go for the field goal, he's a freaking hero. You know that's just the way it goes. That is the way it goes. But what 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 pains me is what he said, and I think he faced the reality of it at the end of it. He knows there's no guarantee that the Lions are going to be back in that spot. Right. You know, the Lions had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. The Lions had the game under control. The Lions were up by 17 points. Uh, it's a dream scenario for a team that is looking for a Super Bowl. And some of the decisions that they made, and I will say this, like his players let him down, some of the faulty execution. But mm-hmm. the job as the coach is to find a way to get the team to the winner's circle. And he unfortunately didn't do that. And the gamble is not only that gamble, but another gamble that he took and then mismanagement of the clock at the end where he took a timeout and ran the ball. And so now it becomes an onside kick situation. All those things fall on Dan Campbell. And as much as we will talk about, oh, man, the lines to get right back. No, there's no guarantee. Think about the Niners losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. It took them three, four years to get back to that moment. It just doesn't happen. And, you know, I just feel bad for – the fans, because look, man, the Lions outplayed the 49ers on that day. The Lions were a better team, but the Lions don't have anything to show for it. I'm with you. And I think that he kind of sums it up tremendously because I, I live in the Cincinnati area and everybody predicted in August, they're going back to the Super Bowl. They didn't even make the playoffs. You don't know what's going to happen. Injuries are a factor and certainly free agency is a factor. And just the, the player of the team is a certain factor and they didn't make it and, uh, and they didn't deserve to make it. And Burrow was out. There's a whole bunch of deals in Cincinnati. But I love what Dan Campbell said after the ball game last week. Quote, I don't regret those decisions. I understand the scrutiny, he said. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. No problem. That's part of the gig. And look, those calls that he made, they've been a feature this year, at least, for the Detroit Lions under Dan Campbell. 
Detroit attempted 40 fourth down conversions this year, the second most in the NFL. All right? And their willingness, obviously, was to lay it on the line, even high-stakes situations. That's his calling card. That's Dan Campbell. He did it. So I don't know why everybody's jumping on him. Yeah, I hear you. You know, he's going to be under scrutiny. I get it. Because people would have said, well, if you would have done this. But that's the way he played. That's what got them there. I mean, look, his, his aggressiveness got him there, but Andy, there's no correlation between how you do things in one game doesn't necessarily relate to how you should do them in the yeah. next game. And I know he's been ultra aggressive. He's been, um, look, on the edge in terms of going forward, trying to do it, and his team knows that. I'm just saying when you do that and you don't get it, you open yourself up to criticism. He's a big boy. He can handle it. But I think it's everybody's right to look and say, man, these situations. And I'm not saying that a 47-yard field goal is a gimmick because it's not. It's no guarantee that they would have got it because if he had missed the field goal, it would have been like, man, maybe he should have gone for it. Who knows? But I do know that when you have an opportunity to put points on the board in those games, man, every point matters because as the game unfolded, it ended up being a three-point game. And those three points that you dismissed there and at another fourth down situation, man, they came back to bite you. Those points are the difference in the game. And I just know um, – the pressure that the Niners would feel if they had converted that field goal to make it 17 points with 22 minutes. Now the running game is no longer a factor. Brock Purdy has to uh, operate in a drop-back passing game, and it puts the Niners in a very uncomfortable situation because that's not how they like to play. And so I think for Campbell, you know, he did it. He did what he's always done, but he certainly has to live with the consequences of not getting it done. I find it's going to be very interesting next year, the kind of play he handles, what kind of coach he becomes. Will he change his coaching tactics after this game? Will he be not the river, riverboat gambler that he has been all year long? Will he reel it back in a little bit, become a little more conservative? That's what I want to see what happens to the Detroit Lions under Dan Campbell next year. No, nah, that's a big thing because here's the issue, and it's the issue that kind of caught up with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley listened to all the noise and changed. So he wasn't as convicted in the decisions that he made. He allowed the outside noise to sway his opinion. And ultimately, he wasn't as good of a coach because he changed. For Dan Campbell, if this is what you believe in, then you stick to your guns and you live with those decisions in good times and bad times. So for him, he should just look on it. Hey, it didn't go our way, but the next time it'll go our way and I'll continue to do what it is. Stubbornness sometimes is a good thing when it comes to being a head coach. You know, I, I kind of like the comments by uh, media people about Dan Campbell, but I kind of look at them and I flush them down the toilet. I don't believe that. But I did like the comment uh, that former coach Jimmy Johnson had to say, and he says, analytics don't really consider if your left guard has been getting destroyed throughout the game by the defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to compute that the number two receiver has dropped a couple of passes. That That's a tremendous thing that no one has ever brought up. Yeah, analytics mm-hmm. will tell you, you know, specifically what might happen on that play, but they don't tell you what's happening during that game with certain position players. No, it doesn't. And so that's the only thing is the context. Like every situation is not the same. All situations are different. They're like snowflakes. And so as a head coach, you have to take all those things into consideration. How are we playing? How does my team look? What's the lineup? What do I have behind me? Do I have the right people in the game? How's my quarterback playing? All of these other factors that determine the execution of the play. It all has to factor in. And just looking at a sheet that says, hey, in this situation, you always should go. To me, I don't think you can rely on that completely 
there has to be some common sense that also factors into it. And I'm a believer in look playing the numbers because analytics are just tendencies to what we used to call it yesteryear. The tendencies suggest that on third and six, they're going to line up and do this. So we would play the odds, but analytics has given us this thing where we talk about it's been very polarizing and all this other stuff. I just think it has to be factored in. You got to have some common sense to about your team before you just make these blanket decisions. No doubt about that. I'm continuing with Jimmy Johnson, what he had to say. And I'm quoting him right now. He says, I see this time after time. This is, I don't understand it. Uh, so many times coaches get caught up in the emotions and they really aren't thinking mm-hmm. straight. Well, I, I'm not going to blame it on emotions because this is not nothing. This is not nothing new, you know, for for Dan Campbell. He's done it before. If he's done this for the very first time, I say, wow, what, what the hell is he doing? But he's done it before. But you know, Jimmy Johnson's old school, and you can't knock him because he's had success. But I get what he's saying. He just doesn't understand it. And analytics, I think, have taken over. You know, in sports, you know that as well as anybody else. You work in the front office for an NFL team. I, I'm sure they have certain people hired just to do analytics, and I think it's nuts. Baseball has gone above and beyond with analytics it's crazy yeah they have and i mean it's, it's it's a big part of it like some of the um some of the things that you see now in baseball like the manager doesn't even have any juice when it comes to decisions that are made in game when pitches are pulled out and, and and those things the problem that you have is sometimes you can't quantify it and it's easy for everyone just to hide behind a is the analytics. I think sometimes the people in the analytical community should come out and say, hey, that wasn't necessarily a great decision. But you don't have you never have that. It's always go, 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 go. There's never a time to, hey, maybe we need to play this um, scale it back. Maybe we need to take a little more conservative approach in this situation because it gives us the best opportunity to win games. Yeah, and I think there's a lot more scrutiny, I think, in baseball than in football. I mean, I mean, I've always seen, like, when they bring in a relief pitcher, a right-handed batter's coming up, they'll put a righty against him rather than throwing a lefty against him. But to me, and I remember when Jack McKean was managing the Cincinnati Reds, he's old school from the day one, real old school. If the guy was going well and it was a left-handed pitcher facing a righty, he let the lefty stay in there. He managed with his gut, mm-hmm. and he was very successful. I mean, I, I, I don't know who's the winner in this, analytics or gut. I just don't know. Or maybe just a combination but what Dan Campbell did I love what he did I rooted for his team all year long and it hurt me big time when every media guy jumped on his back but they weren't the same guys that were applauding him all year long he's a great coach he should be coaching the year but as soon as he did this oh my goodness they were ready to kick him in the rear end and they did yeah but I don't think it was just that like I don't think it's just that one decision in a vacuum like it's one thing if it's just that decision I think it was a series of decisions that really impacted the way that people view Dan Campbell. It's the two fourth down gambles that went awry. It's the mismanagement of the clock at the end. When you start bringing all of those things in together, that's when you begin to go at Dan Campbell. Like, look, the game is never decided by one single solitary play, but um, a series of decisions certainly can impact whether you win or lose the game. I think the media criticism of Dan Campbell comes because of the multitude of situations that didn't go right that were on um, I guess the aggressive side. And when mm-hmm. those things don't go your way, you just wonder like, man, if he had just taken like a different, maybe just like a little different approach, would it have turned out differently? Because remember, I think a couple of years ago, you being a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Uh, I think you remember when the Kansas City Chiefs going in at halftime, uh, they had an opportunity to put three points on the board. They didn't. They gambled. They tried to throw a pass to Tyreek right. Hill. The Bengals broke it up and it flipped the momentum of the game and it allowed the Cincinnati Bengals to ultimately win the game where those extra points 
could have maybe changed the momentum and not allowed the Cincinnati Bengals to have a chance to come back in that game. Yeah, things are so bad in Cincinnati right now. They're showing replays of Cincinnati Bengal playoff games on TV. That's how bad things are here in Cincinnati. You know, we're not used to no football this time of the year. It's crazy, Buck. It really is. He's Bucky Brooks. Get him on Twitter. Get him on X, wherever it may be, at Bucky Brooks. We'll read him for you. At Swollen Dome, who's that? That's Mike Harmon. He joins us in hour number three. I'm Andy Furman. Get me at Andy Furman. FSR. Or better yet, we'd love to hear your comments. Dan Campbell, if you listen, give us a call. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We got Ask Bucky in this hour. Bottom barrel betting at hour number three. That's our lineup for today. Mike Harmon, as mentioned, will join us. In that hour, hour number three. Yes, he will. Now, one former NFL player has the key to winning the Super Bowl. That's coming up next on Fox Live for the Tyrac.com studios. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. You know, as the host of the number one rated Polly and Tony Fusco show, we get tons and tons of fan mail every day. Piles of it. In fact, Tony, why don't you open up one of those letters right now and read what's inside? Yeah, listen to this. Dear Polly and Tony, your sports takes are the dumbest and most oh, terrible. Oh, wait, not that wait, one. Wait, uh, Open this other one. Dear Polly and Tony, you suck more than anyone. No, not that wait, one. Wait. Try this one. Dear Polly and Tony, you guys are the absolute best. There you go. At Coming up with the stupidest takes you know what, possible. You know what? Forget say. this. Just listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's simple. Just stop them. Hey, that's right around the corner. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman, and we are Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. You know, I, I got to ask you a personal question, all right? what mm-hmm. What's going on now? You work for Jacksonville, the Jaguars, and uh, what's happening now with this fan duel reimbursement? You got that employee over there, Amit Patel. Uh, he basically ripped $22 million out of the ball club. I don't know how they did that, but now the Jaguars have asked FanDuel to reimburse them. Uh, I know it's kind of personal. What's going on at that ball club? No, nah, I mean, like, obviously you had an employee who was uh, 
a crook taking money i don't i mean look i don't know yeah i mean it's look a, a tough situation uh I, I can't speak for why the jaguars would ask mm-hmm. FanDuel to bring that money back but i think it's some kind of recovery effort obviously i mean you lose 20 million dollars like you want some of that money back and you're trying mm-hmm. to seek any way that you can get it back it just didn't work out did you know the guy have you knew did you know that employee have you met no, him? I don't know anybody no. on the business side like that. No, I don't know anything about it. Oh, good. You're, you're innocent. I'm glad you're not going to be in trouble. Hey, here's some good news, though. Here's some good news. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, former quarterback in the NFL, he just retired after 10 years in the league. He's been named head coach at Miami Northwestern Senior High School. That's his alma mater. I think that's great. I, I love that. These are the guys that basically don't really have to work, and they're not making a lot of money doing high school football, but he went back to, to help these kids. And I, I think just the name recognition to be around kids, you know that. I mean, you see the way kids flock around you. They kind of have their eyes open and mouth open and their ears wide open to hear all the information and stories that you have when you play. I, I think it's great that Teddy Bridgewater is doing that. You know, I think it's a fantastic uh, thing that Teddy Bridgewater is doing. Anyone who knows Teddy Bridgewater knows how much he loves his alma mater. They also would know that when he was um, a quarterback at Northwestern, I mean, he basically was like a coach on the field. Uh, when you talk to the Nike people, they had 707 things where Teddy Bridgewater would come up, and he was kind of like the field general uh, in terms of the way that he took over, the way he commanded the, his teammates' attention, the way he directed them and guided them, uh, for him to take over as the head coach. I mean, I think it's an outstanding thing. I think for kids in his community to see one of their stars leave, uh, realize his dreams, but then come back, uh, to me, I think it's, it's worth his weight in gold, not just for the impact that he have on the football team, but just the impact that he have on so many young people being a positive example. And you're doing the same thing. I mean, I, I, I applaud you for that as well. It's great. Now, let's talk about the Super Bowl a week from today. The 49ers, they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl LV111. That's 58. One thing they got to do is figure out how to slow down Travis Kelsey. All right? Uh, Kelsey right now, uh, the Chiefs averaging like 87 yards a game in the postseason, but he scored like three touchdowns in the postseason as well. And if he has a big game, so be it for the 49ers. They'll be finished. So Luke Keekley who played high school football here in Cincinnati at St. Xavier High School. They asked him that question mm-hmm. on a podcast this week, the Up and Adams show. And I was listening to that, and he said, you try to study as much as you can. You try to anticipate routes. This is what Keekley said. He runs normal routes. He runs fades, like the back shoulder ball caught against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. But nothing he does is truly on script. So he can come out, find mm-hmm. the window, move out of the window. He has the freedom to find space and sit down. How do you stop Travis Kelsey? That's the key. What do you do, Bucky Brooks? Look, man, I, I think that's the million-dollar question. Um, ultimately, that's one of the biggest keys to the game. Can the 49ers slow down Travis Kelsey? Uh, what's interesting about like everyone struggles with Travis Kelsey is coming into the postseason, you knew that he was the number one target on offense. You also know that he is the one that Pat Mahomes trusts in clutch situations. Teams have not played a lot of man-to-man on him, and if they have played man-to-man, they refuse to double-team him to completely take him out of the game. I'm curious what Steve Wilkes would do. They play some man-to-man, but they haven't been crazy when it comes to how they go about it. Will they be creative enough to just say, hey, we are going to eliminate 87. We're going to double-team him. We're going to let the world know that he's double-teamed. And Pat Mahomes, you're going to have to find someone else that can can beat us. And if you do that, we'll live with it that way. But I think the 49ers have to make a concerted effort to – Double team him to bump him to disrupt the timing of his releases and those things and force Pat Mahomes to throw the ball elsewhere. That is the only way you can do it because, as Luke Keekley alluded to, his routes 
are freelance routes. He has the freedom just to kind of move and get open and do whatever he wants to do to find open grass. Look, the whiteboard doesn't have anything that you can do for that. So that's why you got to put two guys on him and not allow him to breathe. You know, the next game I coach in the NFL, or coach period, will be my first. All right? So I'm listening to what Luke Keekley had to say. And honestly, I'm thinking, like, I could have said the same thing. I'm going to tell you what he said. He said, you got to keep your eyes on Travis. All right, I, I think that's, that's normal. I would have said that. He said, mm-hmm. you can't take your eyes off him. You put them on Mahomes. If he comes out of a break, you think it's a typical out route. You put your eyes back to the quarterback, and then you lose sight of Kelsey. And then once you lose sight of him, Mahomes knows that. Colt Kelsey knows that. Now he's going to pivot, and he's going to get open. I mean, the first part, I could have told you that. Keep your eyes on him. You know, maybe even double-team him. I mm-hmm. don't know. What, what do you do? I mean, and all of a sudden now he's come alive in the playoffs. I mean, was it because he was somewhat criticized? Or I don't know what happened. He's like a different player now. Uh, critical situation. So the reason why he's come alive is because Andy Reid does what uh, most good coaches do. In the playoffs and in critical moments, it's about players, not plays. And so Andy Reid during the, the time that they had prepping for the playoffs. He's like, who are my best players? My job is to make sure I put them in a position where they can have the biggest impact on the game. How can I get them the ball over and over and over again? Because if I give great players opportunities, those opportunities will turn into wins for us because they can tilt the field. Now, what you have to do is you got to figure out how to how to throw that off, how to, how to disrupt the timing of the passing game, how to make – him go elsewhere, meaning Pat Mahomes go elsewhere away from 87. And that's, look, that's easier said than done. When there's a connection that Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have like they have, he is going to throw the ball to his guy because he believes his guy is better than anybody that they put opposite him. And so some of those things are just 87 is better than everybody else. And he certainly is. Now, you have people kind of questioning, why are they asking Luke Keekley about this situation? Just for the record right now, Keekley had some success against Kelsey in his career during Keekley's eight seasons in the NFL. He played from 12 to 19, all came with the Carolina Panthers. He faced Travis Kelsey only one time, and that was in 2016. The Chiefs tight end was held to just three catches for 31 yards. The reception total was the third lowest of the season for Travis Kelsey. His yardage total was the fourth. So if the 49ers hold Kelsey to three catches to 31 yards, they'll probably be f- feeling pretty good of winning the Super Bowl. And that's going to be pretty hard to do. be hard to do. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be low. It's going to be hard to do. I'm not saying that they can get it done, but it's one of the things that you have to make sure you minimize his impact on the game. You cannot allow him to be the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs win. If they win um, because other people play well, that's one thing. But you can't allow yourself to get beat with the right hand. Like, make them throw the jab, make them throw the hook, make somebody else. But do not get beat by the heavy-handed uh, knockout blow. Um, and so you have two weeks. Steve Wilkes and that coaching staff, they got to cook something up so that he can uh, limit and neutralize his impact. You know, I'm going to run this by you as as a player. I never use the term former player. You're a player, no matter what it is. As a player, to me, I'd rather get beat by a great player like Travis Kelsey than have a, a second stringer and also ran a guy that really came out of nowhere to beat me. I mean, it's, at the end of the game, you know, the reporters come in and they talk to you and say, you know what? We lost to a better team. We lost to a great player, Travis Kelsey. We lost to Mahomes. I, I don't want to lose to a guy who hasn't done anything. All of a sudden, he's out there. Isn't that a, a good logic to, to be? I mean, I'd rather lose to Kelsey than to some guy who's, who doesn't do anything, just happens to have a great game. 
You said you would rather let Kelsey go off. You'd rather lose to Kelsey than yeah, because have he's up. the guy. I mean, don't you? Th- I mean, you, no, you no, want to key no, on no, the no, guy, want, but he beat no, you. You want to take the guy away? No, no, you want to take the guy away. You want to do whatever it takes to take the guy away. Make somebody else step up because in those moments, everybody's not capable of being the guy. There's a reason why there's a a, a difference between guys who are recognized as the number one receiver and guys that are the number twos and all of those things. Um, Everyone is not built to handle the pressure of the responsibilities that come with that, meaning you got to step up, you got to deliver at all times. When a guy has clearly established himself as a number one, a guy who is a multiple-time all-pro, a future Hall of Famer, no, you don't want him to get loose. You want to bottle him up and make somebody else have to uh, play above their draft status or their, their play grade, like make somebody else do it. And a lot of times, other guys are incapable of doing it. All right, I, I I'm buying that. I I agree now, and now you told me the right way. I, I I'm hearing you. All right, because like in basketball, I rather lose if LeBron puts in fifty or Steph Curry puts in sixty, like he did last night, because those guys are great players and they're gonna go off on you rather than some guy coming off the bench and scoring thirty five. You know that that's mm. what I would do. Yeah, I can um, I can see that. I think I think basketball can be a little different because if you're talking about the best player, sometimes you will sing up the best player and say, hey, man, you go for yours, but I'm not going to give anybody else an opportunity to get busy. Um, I think a lot of it depends on how good are those, how good is the supporting cast? I think mm-hmm. we all can look at the Kansas City Chiefs supporting cast and say that there's a huge difference between how Travis Kelsey produces and how the rest of those guys produce because – Rasheed Rice, Rice is the only other receiver that really gives you kind of like pause when it comes to like, okay, he's been good enough. He's been consistent enough. But this is a team that led the league in drops, you know. So take Travis Kelsey away and let's see if these guys can just catch the ball consistently enough to win games. So that's some of the stuff that goes into the tactic or strategy of let's take Kelsey away because the other guys have not proven themselves to be good enough to be able to do it on their own. I hear what you're saying. All right, he's Bucky Brooks. Get him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks at Andy Furman FSR eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. Now one is stronger than two. That's coming up next on Fox Live from the Tyrac.com studios. But first, our guy Kevin Wyatt with all your sports. Yeah, it was a big night in the NBA on Saturday. If you're a fan of offense, we had several players make it rain across the league. Steph Curry sixty points on Saturday night, but the goal. Golden State Warriors unable to beat the Atlanta Hawks as they fall in overtime 141 to 134. The Sacramento Kings get 41 points from De'Aaron Fox as they beat the Chicago Bulls 123-115. Cam Thomas had 40 points as the Nets take down the 76ers 136-121. Giannis with 48 points. The Bucks with a come-from-behind victory against the Dallas Mavericks 129-117. Donovan Mitchell 31 points for the Cavaliers. Cleveland has now won five straight games including a 117-101 win at the San Antonio Spurs. The New York Knicks winning streak is over at nine games. The Lakers ending it with a 113-105 win at Madison Square Garden. In the college ranks, we had several ranked matchups on Saturday, including the big rivalry on Tobacco Road, Duke and Carolina, the third-ranked Tar Heels over the number seven Blue Devils, 93-84. 
Over in the Big 12, it's number 8, Kansas, taking down the fourth-ranked Houston Cougars, 78-65. Number 18, Baylor over number 12, Iowa State, 70-68, as the Bears win it on a late jumper. And number 15, Texas Tech, upset by Cincinnati, 75-72. The SEC top 10 matchup, number 5, Tennessee, winners at number 10, Kentucky, 103-92. And number 17, Utah, taken down by San Diego State, 81-67. And in the NFL, only one uh, piece of injury news uh, taking place last night as uh, Chiefs running back Jarek McKinnon, designated to return from injured reserve by the Chiefs. So we'll see what his availability will be for the Super Bowl. Back to you guys. Wait a minute, Kev. You know, I'm really interested to know why. And look, it's not a big deal on my part, but how the NHL All-Star game never even gets mentioned. The NHL, honestly, is like you talk about a sport that gets no recognition, no conversation whatsoever on Sports Talk Radio. And that's, you know, I'm not going to do it. No one else is going to do it. I just don't understand what their problem is. I mean, really, they've been around a long time. And I know when I was growing up as a kid in New York City, uh, every Sunday night, the New York Rangers would play at Madison Square Garden. And I'd go. I'd see guys like Roger Gilbert, Andy, Gath- uh, Andy Bathgate, uh, uh, Gump Worsley was a goalkeeper. I'd go all the time as a kid. And like now, I mean, no one talks about it. I mean, do you have any reason why? Maybe, Bucky, you could throw that out too. NHL, nothing. Even soccer gets more play. Women's college basketball gets more play. Like last night, I'm watching Caitlin Clark a little bit from from Iowa. Why is that? Tell me. At least uh, from our perspective here in Los Angeles, we don't go grow up with snow and ice, so it's a very niche sport. Well, you had Gretzky for a while. Yes, we though. did have Gretzky. Granted, I was I was a little young to uh, appreciate having him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's a very niche sport out here in Los Angeles, just because we don't have like the lakes. The ones that we do have don't freeze over in the winter. There's no ice. That's not outside. Well, I hear what you say, Buck. Any comments on the NHL? I mean, I- no, I just think I just think it hasn't resonated like from a, a viewing perspective. And then when you know, like they're not consistently on TV, I think it's kind of hard to follow. Like you have to intentionally go looking for it. It's not in our face as much as like football and basketball and those things. I, I think, think it's a big gambling very sport. Intentional. It's hard to gamble <laughs> on it. Number one, yeah, that that hurts it. I think it's too fast for TV. And I think it's viewed as many people in the U.S. of A. think it's a foreign sport. It's a Canadian sport. Maybe those are the reasons why. I don't know. And I think another reason maybe announcers can't pronounce their names. They can't pronounce the hockey players' names. So maybe that's it. I don't know. So we move on. That's just a, a thought. <laughs> All right? I don't know. We move on. Okay. Uh, we got asked Bucky in about six, seven minutes from now. But uh, look, this is a big story right now. And uh, I don't know where it's going, but the Big Ten and the SEC, they formed the joint advers- adver- ad- adversary group uh, of university presidents, chancellors, athletic directors to address the significant challenges facing college athletics. And we know the SEC is going to welcome Oklahoma and Texas this summer. The Big Ten is going to add Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA from the Pac-12, which is on the verge of collapsing. Okay, Uh, there's a lot of problems. And Rick Pitino even addressed it yesterday. Uh, Connecticut was playing uh, St. John's in Madison Square Garden after the game. He was talking about how this uh, NIL is certainly killing uh, maybe college athletics. Coaches aren't happy with it, and they got to do some changing. They really do. There's a there's a calendar for recruiting. It's kind of messed up, and you know it's just crazy. And, and something's going to happen. And I don't think the NCAA thought it would be this way. So, what do you? What's your take on this now with the SEC and the Big Ten? It looks like they're going to merge, and they're going to have like 32 of the biggest colleges in the nation, maybe under one umbrella, one conference. Uh, look, I mean, I, I I think it's great that they're coming together. Um, 
I, th- I think there's so many factors that are impacting the way college sports are. It's not only NIL, it's the portal, it's the dates that the, the, the players can jump in and out of the portal, which make it very, very difficult for continuity. There's so much bouncing around that it's hard to keep up with your favorite teams. And then, look, as much as we talk about the players bouncing around, we got coaches leaving at the last minute. We just had Boston College's coach, Jeff Athlete, just leave in Feb- like February. Like, I mean, these guys have already locked in with signing dates and all this other stuff, and this guy leaves to go to a thing. I think college football is in flux because there's so much transition. There's so much movement. And the games that we love, there was that kind of the loyalty in terms of, like, knowing these guys are going to be around for a while. And now you don't have that players or coaches that are guaranteed to be there from one year to the next. It's hard to follow a product when you have so much uncertainty. No, no doubt about it. Now, athletes, college athletes right now, they're basically on the cusp of securing the freedom to transfer as many times as they want. That, to me, is nuts, okay? But the NCAA is cracking down on the use of NIL as a recruiting inde- inducement and uh, is being sued. They're going to court right now for doing that. So, in other words, uh, I could be a high school senior, a four-star athlete, and some guy coming over to me from uh, College XYZ is going to give me a, a blank check, say, come here, play for us, and we'll take care of you right there. Like, I- I'm wondering how much I can play like I'm watching her last night. Caitlin Clark is making it Iowa. They had some commercial breaks during the ball game, and she's doing commercials now for the Big Ten Network. She's probably getting a big chunk of change right there. And I remember years ago, you know, uh, if an athlete was basically on TV doing a spot or a commercial, you could not wear the college uniform. You weren't permitted mm-hmm. to do that. She was wearing the Iowa number 22 uniform during the commercial. Yeah, I mean, but <clears throat> I'll say all of this stuff that we're in is, look, is due to the colleges and the NCAAs on fault. Like, something small is like just trying to compensate some of the players like trying to up the ante on some of the stuff like they refuse to. And so in their attempt to be greedy, they've kind of undone an institution and it's going to continue to be undone because um, you have politicians that are openly attacking NIL and situations, making sure that they aren't the restrictions that colleges are trying to put on them. And it's going to be even more challenging for these universities to be able to function when you not only have to deal with um men's sports and the revenue sports, football and basketball. But then you also, whatever you do for the men, you have to do for the women per title nine. And so it makes it very, very challenging for these athletic departments to operate. I think ultimately what we're going to do is we're going to see college football and college sports split to where you have the haves and the have nots. You have an upper division of the top five, the top power five squads, and then you're going to have the rest of them. And just like we see at the high school level, division one, two, like, uh, 1A, 2A, 3A. I think you're going to see sports break up like that where you have different championships and different people because everyone can't play this game. Everyone right. cannot afford to play the game the way it's presently constructed. I'm with you right there. I think the future of athletes and the compensation with athletes are going to get, that's a, that's a big thing down the road. And the NCAA's got some legal challenges right now. Uh, and the, the term amateurism and that model that they use for amateurism, that's going to go down the drain because they're not amateurs anymore. They're getting paid. So I think that term goes down to crapper. It really does. So we'll see what happens. A lot, of, a lot of questions in the future. I think that's why a lot of coaches like Coach K and Jay Wright at Villanova, I think they left because I think they were tired of having athletes come and go with like free agency. I think it's tough. I mean, Rick Pitino said it yesterday. You can't build a brand. There's no law. A coach cannot build a brand with his program right now with coaches going in and uh, players going in and out. Yeah, now I get that, but I'm not going to 
whine too much about and feel sorry for coaches because coaches have been doing this over and over again. There are a lot of people that have gotten rich off the backs of the players. You know, there are a lot of athletic departments, a lot of ADs and presidents and people around athletic departments that have made a lot of money off of basketball and football players providing all this other stuff. In fact, when you think about the revenue sports, basketball and football, they provide uh, opportunities for all the non-revenue sports to participate because the driving forces of the athletic budgets are football and basketball. And because the refusal to even pay, give other stuff, um, extend uh, stipends or whatever to the players, it's now come back to bite them. If they just had been a little more willing to share pieces of the pot early, you wouldn't be in the situation that you're facing now. And so the greed ultimately undermined what was really a good thing when we looked at those college athletics. Well said. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Football Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. And by the way, he's a pro. He is the pro and he has all the answers. Ask Bucky is next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. All right, ask Bucky right around the corner right now. This is Bucky Brooks and Andy Furman on Fox Football Sunday. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. And by the way, before we get started, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, and professional better Bill Krakenberger will have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on Fox Sports Radio and, of course, on the iHeartRadio app. Bucky, here we go. Ready? How would you save or reboot the Pro Bowl? Uh, look, I think the expectations that the people have for the Pro Bowl are unreasonable. Uh, one, I would play the game, you know, but I think you have to understand people are not going to play it like it's a Super Bowl or an AFC championship game. The intensity is not going to be there because no one wants to get hurt. And so if you want to see football, you have to be okay looking at an exhibition rather than a game, a competitive contest. All right, in March, the UFL comes back. Will the UFL make it? I think is what's going to help the UFL this year maybe is gambling. Other than that, I don't know if it's going to make it. 
Yeah, no, I think you'd have an opportunity to make it because now you just have one league to look at. Um, they had shown uh, that people are willing to look at spring football, but it's just hard because the names. And if you don't have star quarterbacks or recognizable names at quarterback, it's just hard to get guys to follow. But the gambling part of it will help it stay alive. And so, yeah, I look for the Uf- UFL to survive. All right, let's talk about Taylor Swift for a second. How does she take away from the game of football, or does she? Tony Dungy says that she does. I mean, I think that's idiotic. I mean, <laughs> she's, a, she's a fan just like uh, anybody else is a fan. Bradley Cooper was in the suite when the Philadelphia Eagles were making run. Everybody has a team. The bon jo- like Bon Jovi was a big fan of the Patriots. So I think there's more made about the Taylor Swift deal just because Taylor Swift is a – look, she's box office. She's a big-time star, and she commands a lot of eyeballs. She's brought a lot of attention to the game, a lot of – Casual fans are watching because she's there. But for Tony Dungy to say that, for anybody to say that she's taken away from the game, to me, I think that's silly. I'm with you right there. Now, back in the day when Marge shot, may she rest in peace, owned the Cincinnati Reds, she said, all scouts do are go to games and watch ball games. okay? I know maybe it's different in football, but Mm -hmm. what's the real value of scouting? (laughs) That's the most important thing. And see, that that – annoys me. And when owners say that, they don't know what scouts are actually out there doing. Uh, If you think about – uh, the developmental program, the farm system in baseball, the developmental program in football, they're the lifeblood to your to your organization. They provide you with the players. And so players, look, it's about talent acquisition and talent development. The scouts help you acquire the, the, the talent because they identify the guys that can play. So to me, scouts are valuable. They've never gotten their just due. That's why people don't pay them. They feel like anybody can do it. But it's a difficult job to do because you have to have an eye for what you're looking for, and you have to be able to clearly articulate how this player is going to come in and help your squad. Last but not least, a complete set of Michael Jordan's championship Air Jordan sneakers won by MJ during the victories of his six NBA titles and his six MVPs sold for $8.3 million. Mm-hmm. Would you, or maybe better yet, why would you? I, look, I, I wouldn't, but if you have that kind of disposable cash where you can do it, it's always going to sell because he's the GOAT. Everyone recognizes him as the best basketball player that has ever played. And so when you have that kind of merchandise right off the floor, championships is everything that you want. Unbelievable. I wouldn't do it, though. All right, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. Some have much to lose or gain in this year's Super Bowl. That and more on Fox Football Sunday. Next, it's a career-defining event. That's coming right up. Good morning, everybody. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, he said. Free and over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. And here he is, the five-time pro. But he's a pro every day of the year. Bucky Brooks, yes, hour number two. And look, you know, uh, you got to be really happy today. North Carolina beat Duke last night in basketball, 93-84. you got to just tell me what it's like when North Carolina played Duke, I mean, on that campus at Chapel Hill. What was it like? I'm sure people went nuts down there, and they still do. Yeah, no, they still do. Like, I mean, that's the ultimate game. Um, Carolina and Duke have always been um, – friendly rivals it's a a rivalry that i mean it just look it, it gets you excited just to be in the building and when you have two good teams who's both over in the top 10 ranked in the top 10 last night i mean you're gonna have twenty one thousand people in the dean don't going crazy the energy the intensity um 
all of that stuff, it resonates. And so when you have an opportunity to win the game, you saw all the students take to Franklin Street. Franklin Street is kind of like the main strip uh, downtown uh, Chapel Hill. And look, man, it's just a party time. Uh, anytime Carolina beats Duke, it's always a celebration. And last night was one of the best time, one of the best games that I've seen Carolina play in a long time. There you go. Got a good team this year. They really do. They got a, they got a shot. But I tell you what, though, South Carolina is pretty darn good too. But it'll be a pretty good tournament in March. It really will. But you know, I, I've come on this show with you. I love working with you, and I bragged about you on NFL.com. You're a writer, and I would tell you this. I would read that, what you write that's in there every Friday, NFL.com. You scroll down to writers, even if I didn't work with you and you weren't my buddy. Really, I would do that. And this week was one of the best. It really was. It's it's true, really. There is nothing like competing in the Super Bowl, you write. The Lombardi Trophy game carries unparalleled weight with an annual viewership and nine figures in football immortality on the line. Make a big play in a key moment of Super Bowl. You're a legend, of course. Bottom line, this is a career-defining def- uh, de- event. Performances delivered on the brightest and biggest stage in the sport fuel off-season chatter and influence critical decisions down the road. Everybody's on the spot. And you had a situation right now, what you wrote this week, who has the most at stake in Super Bowl 58 mm-hmm. and maybe who has the most to lose. H- how did you get to this and you know, what was your decision-making process on it? So for for me, I was just thinking about, we talk about how this game makes legends out of its heroes. Well, which guys step into this arena with the most uh, riding on the outcome? Like what kind of narratives can be written uh, pending the outcome of the game if it goes in their way or if it goes opposite them? And so what you do is you just kind of looked at the list of names and they're notable stars in this game on the Niners and the Chiefs. What would a win mean for 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 those guys participants players and coaches what would a loss mean and so we just kind of take some of the top players you you kind of weigh that weigh what their legacy uh, how their legacy could be impacted by winning or losing the game and then you just kind of go what's your thoughts from there you know can one game really paint the player or a coach you know i i will i will say this and it's not the super bowl but it was a play well maybe it was the super bowl yeah with the buffalo against the giants when uh, norwood the kicker had wide right mm-hmm. that that's his that's his legacy yeah. Wide right. You're right. That's it. So maybe, maybe it does. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, think about uh, the helmet catch for the Giants, David Tyree. You know, him right. making that, yeah. that one play. Or you think about some of the other guys. Uh, Dexter Jackson was an MVP. Uh, we've seen Trent Dilfer win a Super Bowl and how you always have to call those guys that. I mean, think about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco winning and, and how it does. Winning a Super Bowl changes how people view you because no matter what people say once you won a super bowl they always have to refer to you as super bowl champion no matter well, what yeah, that never I, goes I, away yeah you're right but i think that winning the super bowl does change you number one but it could only change uh, a key position player or someone who makes a great play in that game i, I think an offensive center maybe it did change jason kelsey a little bit he didn't win it uh but the point is that his brother helped him his brother his name helped him get that notoriety don't you agree i mean it's very tough for linemen to get that notoriety i would think mm-hmm. uh yeah i think i think it does and i think for kelsey obviously that team has been good he's a unique uh case because his brother's name uh is big so now you're talking about two pro bowl players in the family probably two hall of famers in the family because kelsey it certainly recognizes that and you know likability also factors into the situation when it comes to the Hall of Fame, he'll have a chance. But um, it just changes how you view 
those people. I mean, people talk about it and he didn't win it, but you know, I heard a com- conversation about Dan Quinn, you know, mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn, why is he getting this job? But I think people feel to re- for- forget Dan Quinn led the Atlanta Falcons to a Super Bowl. Now they didn't win it. They were up 28 to three. They oh, should have won it by all accounts, but one of the coaches that was here played a role in maybe why this team didn't win the Atlanta Falcons. But Dan Quinn has, has taken that and everyone can go. And so that's where it kind of separates, um, you know, the, the, the goods from the greats, you know, the greats are able to kind of get it done. And if they get it done multiple times, it puts you in really legendary status, rare air. Okay. You had, you had the top 10 players who uh, the Super Bowl may affect what, what's at stake for these guys, good, better, and different. And, and uh, I guess it's different, difficult how to do 10 down to one, but number 10, you had Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver for the Kansas city chiefs. What's the deal with him? I know he's emerged right now as a wide receiver. I guess the number one wide receiver uh, down the stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs. He, basically, he's kind of put his name in cement right now. He could move to the next level if they win, and he has a big game. And again, you know, if they're covering Travis Kelsey as tight as they should or can, he could emerge as a star in that game. Yeah, he could emerge as a star. I think it's, it's bigger for him. I think it's setting him up to be the number one going forward what we have seen from the kansas city chiefs travis kelsey's the number one well when he moves on if it, i mean look it, who knows when he'll move on but i mean wouldn't a storybook ending be if travis kelsey won a super bowl this year he and taylor swift kind of ride off into the sunset i mean can <laughs> it get any better than that three super bowls he's already known as a hall of famer so if travis kelsey decides to end it after this rice has to be the, the next option as the number one player in the passing game he can continue to set himself up with a solid performance because everyone has grown to treat him like a co-number one with Travis Kelsey. If he has a big game, I think people are ready to anoint him as a true uh, number one receiver. Okay. We've got a defensive end here right now in the San Francisco 49ers. You put him at number nine, Chase Young. He was a number two draft pick. He could create a lot of damage in this game and make a name for himself. I, I, I don't know if he'd totally get the credit. They'd say it was defense that did it for the 49ers. I don't think they would single out Chase Young unless he has an unbelievable game, like about five sacks or something like that. Yeah, like he would have to have an unbelievable game. But what I'll say about Chase Young, when you're the second overall pick and it didn't necessarily go your way, and Washington, even though you're defensive rookie of the year and all those things, but the way that the commanders dismissed him, at the end of his term, I mean, it, it, it left a lot uh, to be desired in terms of the way that you viewed him. Well, if he is able to go and perform well in the Super Bowl, people will begin to remember, hey, this dude was a second overall pick. This is a guy that we celebrated coming out of Ohio State. He was a defensive rookie of the year. Don't know why it went sideways for him in Washington, but if he goes to San Francisco and wins, Chris Kaserik has found a way to kind of unlock some of those things. It changes how people may view him when he hits the open market as a free agent. Okay, here's a goodie. And we got to spend some time on this one. You ranked him number eight on your list. Jake Moody, uh, a third-round pick, a kicker for the 49ers. I, I don't know if I would ever draft a kicker that high, but that's me, okay? Maybe you would. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong on this. Came out of Michigan. But he had a 48-yarder blocked in the division round, and he pushed a kick uh, to the same distance wide right on a 48-1 on Sunday. He's like the, a Scott Norwood clone, maybe. He's got to come up big. I mean, he's just got to do what he's got to do, do his job, so he doesn't get any more negativity to his name. He's got some problems. I th- It could be in his head right now. Jake Moody at eight. Yeah, no, Jake Moody has to uh, step up. 
Uh, and it's some, there's nothing that outrages the football world more than when a team uses a top pick on a kicker. I mean, right. there's just this outrage when they use a, a, a first, second, or third round pick on a kicker. But what I would tell you is you go back and you look at the stats on every team, the kicker is the leading score. On every team, when you're looking at your favorite team and it tries out the field goal kicker, uh, there's a there's this this feeling that you get if he can make it from long distance or if he's an inconsistent guy. So that's why it, it's a position that should be treated like a starting position. You should give it some weight. But for Jake Moody, being a third round pick, having the misses that he had during the regular season, there's some questions. You know, there's some questions that people want answered. If he shanks one in a critical moment. Uh, for the Niners in Super Bowl 58, man, they're going to be oh. out in full force to go after him because they would say that the Niners wasted a pick on a kicker when they could have got a better position player or another piece to the puzzle to help this team stay relevant. Uh, so a lot of pressure on Jake Moody to make sure he comes through whenever he has an opportunity to try. Yeah, it may be the biggest pressure on him. That all the players that you put in the top ten could be the biggest on him. Uh, numbers, I'm going to put seven and six together, both Kansas City Chiefs players. Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Chiefs, all pro. I mean, when the Chiefs basically the first half of the season were winning games, but basically winning them because of the defense, it was Chris Jones. And number six, you got Legereus Sneed, a cornerback. Boy, does he have his work cut out for him against Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk uh, coming up next Sunday. So those, those two right there, seven and six. Yeah, Chris Jones and Jerry Sneed. Chris Jones is already recognized as one of the top defensive tackles in football. All pro guys sat out, did a holdout early in the year to draw some attention to, hey, I want to get paid. They had to tweak his deal a little bit. The way the Kansas City Chiefs defense has played, you just talked about the beginning of the season. I would say all year. They're winning because of their defense. They're winning because Chris Jones is a dominant player inside or outside, wherever they choose to pick him. So everyone knows about him. But the guy that is coming on that can challenge Sauce Garden and some of these guys for CB1, that's LeJarrius Sneed. LeJarrius Sneed has been snuffing out premier pass catchers on the perimeter. He's played great. Everyone saw what he did to Tyreek Hill, stoning him at the line of scrimmage, throwing him around. You saw the great play that he made, knocking the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands as he was about to cross the goal line. Right, that was Legereus great. Sneed but, you know, that's a lot, of, that's a lot on Zay Flowers, to too, Buck. That was a lot on Zay Flowers. It is, but it was a great play. But it was yeah, just a was. great play by Sneed continuing to fight. Yeah, I mean, some would say Zay Flowers, you don't extend the ball uh, unless it's a guy to have a situation on fourth down. But he did, and LeJarrius Sneed had enough awareness to knock it out. Um, and LeJarrius Sneed will, will get a ton of credit because, man, he's taken on any and all comers and had a lot of success on the perimeter. He has a chance to become a household name. Okay, coming up at number five, Christian McCaffrey. This guy really and truly is going to get some MVP votes. What a year he's had. Led the league in rushing yards over 1,400. Scrimmage yards, total touchdowns of 21. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that if he doesn't produce, he may get heat. You know, just like when uh, Lamar Jackson goes on the big stage, they get the criticism. He can't come to play on the big stage. McCaffrey, you know what he could do, but he's got to get it done on Sunday at running back. He does have to get it done. Just because the way people view the running back position, everyone would talk about how it's devalued. It's not devalued. It's just that you don't want to overpay um, the position unless the player is special. Christian McCaffrey is special. That said, if the Niners aren't able to get it done with him playing a key role uh, as the offensive spark plug, now you begin to wonder how much can you really pay uh, a running back. Even, I mean, look, the the, the numbers from the regular season uh, since he's been there, the dude has been electric. He's been terrific. I, probably one of the best runner receivers that we've seen in the position uh, in NFL history. But 
a Super Bowl ring would validate what the Niners gave up to get him. It also would kind of put some spotlight back on running backs in terms of the positive impact and effect that they can have on an offense. That's why it's a big, big week, big game for Christian McCaffrey. All right, number four, and this is unbelievable. So right now they're calling the Kansas City Chiefs the Patriots West. That's what they're doing. And part of the mm-hmm. reason, their coach Andy Reid, and look, I mean, he's catching up right now. He'll have uh, earned three rings in the span of five seasons, also drawing close to like, 300 wins. He may be the, the GOAT. He may be taking over the GOAT. I mean, moving Bill Belichick basically to the sidelines. I don't think he will, but a lot of people will be saying it. Well, I mean, I think you can have a, a reasonable conversation because it's not just the, the six Super Bowls that Bill Belichick won, right? He's 15 away from Don Shula's mark. But if you look at Andy Reid, he's he's climbing uh, up the ranks. He's getting closer to winning 300. You look at the the job that he's done with any quarterback that he's been given, man, you, you think, man, this guy got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to, what, five NFC title games, got them to a Super Bowl. He comes to Kansas City, remakes uh, Alex Smith into a Pro Bowl player. He then takes over, identifies Pat Mahomes, and turns Pat Mahomes into an absolute superstar when no one had predicted that for Pat Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech. The fact that they would have won if they win on Sunday three out of four Super Bowls. Uh, right. The fact that they've been to four uh, with Pat Mahomes starting in a six-year span. Yeah, now you begin to put stuff of legends up behind Andy Reid's name. This is why you can talk about him maybe being the best coach of the decade. You know, you put that in with Bill Belichick, there becomes that conversation. Who does it, Who's done it better? Because we saw Bill Belichick fall off when he didn't have Tom Brady. Now it becomes a thing where hey, Andy Reid has been able to do it with any quarterback that he's been given. That conversation begins to pop up a little more. No doubt about that. I'm going to skip down to number one for a second. First, at number three, you got a quarterback, Brock Purdy. We understand why, okay? His record is 21-5, mm-hmm. and five, uh, including the playoffs. Number two, another quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be GOAT status, obviously. Uh, seven mm-hmm. rings for Tom Brady. We'll see what happens if he wins the Super Bowl. But number one's another coach. A lot of heat on this guy. Kyle Shanahan. Failing to close out Super Bowl chances, got to get it done. That 49ers blown lead in Super Bowl, what was that, uh, 49, 40, I think it was 49, 45, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. But he's he's got to win mm-hmm. it. He's got to win it because there's going to be a monkey on his back and there are a, lot of, a lot of questions that he can't get it done in the big game. Yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of concerns about his inability to be able to get it done. So for Cal Shanahan, uh, he needs to win. We celebrate him all the time as being one of the best coaches in football, but he's kind of like the emperor with no clothes. He doesn't have any rings to show for it. So if you're going to be recognized as one of the best coaches, at some point you got to win a championship. And he has had two opportunities to do it, one as a head coach, another as an offensive coordinator, where the team was winning in the fourth quarter but couldn't close it out. While some would say you blame the defense, in both of those situations you can look at the offense and some of the offensive uh, inefficiencies and ineffective uh, ineffectiveness has contributed to the team falling short. So, yeah, it's on Cal Shanahan. They got to win. No doubt about that. That's Bucky Brooks. Get him on NFL.com. But get him here with me every Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, get him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Or Mike Harmon will join us in the next hour. Get him at Swollen Dome or at Andy Furman FSR. We'll read him. Or 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Bottom barrel betting in this hour. And as mentioned, the Swollen Dome, Mike Harmon, will join us in the next hour. Of course, we got this now. It's unbelievable. We got He's Talking. 
But why now? That's coming up next live from the TireRack.com studios. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's the upside with this? Well, that's right around the corner. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And by the way, shortly after the show, our podcast is going to be going up. And if you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to also follow, rate, and review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcast, And you'll see this show posted right after we get off the air. Now, Tom Brady's dad is in the news. Horrible Bill Belichick ruined the Patriots. That was in the Boston Globe the other day. Really? And why now, Mr. Brady Sr.? Why now? What good, Bucky Brooks, what good does this do for anyone? I mean, it probably even hurts Tom Jr. I hate to call him Tom Jr., but he is Tom Jr. Uh, it it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Tom Brady Sr. says Bill Belichick is the, quote, best coach in football, but one characteristic ultimately led to his son's breakup with the longtime Patriots coach. said he's tough. He runs a military system, whatever that means. I don't know what it means. It's a different generation. Bill's a great, great, great coach, but his interpersonal skills are horrible. That's the bottom line. Why now? Why is he doing it now, Buck? Well, he has something he wanted to get off his chest. Um I, look, it, it does appear like he's kind of kicking the man when he's down, but uh, I understand it. I understand it because maybe it could have been avoided with Tom Brady sticking around. I mean, Tom Brady was able to go down to Tampa and win a title with those guys. Maybe if he stays in New England, they continue to do some more winning. Uh, whenever you let someone go like that, it's always personal. And even though it appeared that they had made amends when they, you know, they celebrated him last year, Ring of Honor, all that other stuff, but... It's still, man, no one expected Tom Brady to ever have to go elsewhere to play. But part of the reason why he went elsewhere, one, Bill Belichick didn't believe in him. Two, Tom Brady appeared to go weary of the constant harassment and badgering that some would call coaching. And he just wanted a different, he wanted to do it differently. And he was able to do it differently. And so now he is empowered to say that you just don't have to do it the Patriots way to be able to win. And the Patriots way 
makes people bristle because they think about the all consuming, the controlling, uh, the uh, kind of evil empire that exists in New England. Uh, it, it can become annoying because it's really hard to function in those environments, trying to get information, trying to talk to people when they close it all off. And so I felt like Tom Brady's dad just felt like, hey, I had the opportunity to kind of kick the dog when it's down. I'm going to go ahead and kick him on my way out the door. And that's what he did. He sure did. He sounded to me like a, a senile old man. However, in our last segment, we talked about NFL.com, where you're the writer, and we talked about defining moments, especially the Super Bowl will do that. I think the defining moment for Bill Belichick, not so much Super Bowl games, is like when Tom Brady left, because Belichick is now 29-38 and 38 with the Patriots, and he's no longer with the Patriots, after Brady has mm-hmm. left, missed the playoffs three or four years right now, and what really stuck the dagger, really, in Bill Belichick to some not many to some, mm-hmm. was that in the first year when Brady left, he won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, it's a unique situation uh, where, when you see that. But uh, Tom Brady was able to go down there, win it, win it right away, kind of put the kibosh on some of the things about Tom Brady being a system quarterback and Bill Belichick propping him up. I mean, he, he answered a lot of those questions, and it put more – questions on Bill Belichick. Can Bill Belichick win without Tom Brady? Because he hasn't proven that he could do it. You know, it's funny. We started the show off talking about Dan Campbell. I want to kind of defend Dan Campbell because the media mongers, the gas bags on talk radio or some writers were killing Dan Campbell. I understand you could question it, but don't kill the guy because that's what got him to the playoffs with the Detroit Lions. And now you got the same situation with, with uh, Bill Belichick. You know, uh, the, the, he did this. He wasn't this. He's nothing without Tom Brady. And now he's out of a job. And I'm going to say this. I don't think anybody brought this point up. I know he interviewed twice with the Atlanta Falcons, but we don't know if he turned down those vacant coaching positions or he didn't get the position. That's the key. And he may have turned it down because he realized many of those teams did not have a first-string franchise quarterback, which would hurt him and hurt his quest to break Don Shula's record. So I'm thinking maybe it was his call that, you know what, yeah, I, I got the job, but I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I, I don't want it. What do you think about that? Maybe it was his call. Uh, I think it might have been mutual, maybe. There, there could be where maybe Bill Belichick didn't like the way the structure of the program was going to be, where he wouldn't have all the juice to be able to have the personnel and everything report to him. And maybe the Falcons, decision makers, didn't want uh, to change the situation and the structure that they currently had in place. Uh, you have to remember, in all of these hires, you have people that are on the decision committee that have their own agendas. And if you run the risk of bringing someone in who's going to want more power, you can find yourself bringing someone in to replace your job. Uh, that might've been a factor in it. And people talk about Rich McKay and all that other stuff. I just think you got to keep digging as to why a guy who is as successful as Bill Belichick is not in the league. A lot of it is due to people being afraid to deal with everything that comes with him. And we can talk about his, Stooges, his, his, his protege is not having success. The one thing we know is Bill Belichick will have success because he knows how to win games. He knows how to do it. You can question where they can develop a quarterback, but he knows how to win games, and he's done it a ton. There's no doubt about that, but I mean, a lot of the people, the speculators uh, and people in media are saying that, you know, he's out of a job, he didn't get a job, and, and the power situation mm-hmm. went control. We don't know that. You know, I, I guess it's a mm-hmm. good thing for Bill Belichick is he's so tight-lipped, he doesn't say anything. You know, we're moving on to Cincinnati, the fam- famous quote that he had after a loss. You know, uh, he could have easily said, look, 
you know, it was my decision. I'd be better served by sitting out a year and maybe waiting for a better position. He didn't say that, so we don't know. But I think the people that are writing and talking about it just assume that he didn't get a job. And again, Mm -hmm. like Tom Brady Sr., they're kicking him in the rear end. That's what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, they are trying to kick him. They're kicking him when he's down, for sure. Uh, Look, man, it's tough out there for for Belichick. Uh, He's out. People are finally trying to get at him. And because he wasn't able to win successfully uh, without Tom Brady, there are a lot of people that are saying it was the players more so than the system. And I think with all these things that we're seeing, you got to have each other. Quarterback needs to have great coaching and a great defense to be able to do it. Pat Mahomes, if they win, they'll get credit for the wonderful things he's done. But really, we could say that the defense is what has carried Kansas City throughout the season. Um, It's part part of that. It's it's a bottom line business. And unfortunately for for Bill Belichick, uh, the bottom line has not been great the last couple of years. No doubt about that. And and for you, Mr. Tom Brady Sr., I'll give you this. That's for you. Really, I think it's ugly. (laughs) That's ugly when people do that when people are down and out. I mean, come on, really, let it go. I just, I bet you, Tom, Tom Jr. is a little embarrassed. He didn't say anything. I bet he's, you know, what do you do? You, you, you don't want to badmouth your dad, but you got to be a little bit embarrassed. Say, hey, Dad, really? Do you have to? What yeah, do you, do you, that for you me, gotta right? tell him you get like pops, pops. You're making it get back in the closet. I gotta go. Yeah, now I gotta go and talk about all these things. Dad, put the bourbon away, please. Really? Come on. Here we go. <laughs> Bucky Brooks, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Ready. We'd love to hear from you at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. This isn't an Alex Smith experiment. We'll explain this, but first, Kevin Wired, a guy with all your sports. Yeah, big night for offense into the NBA on Saturday. Steph Curry dropped 60 on the Atlanta Hawks, but Golden State lost that game in overtime. Final score in that one 141 to 134. De'Aaron Fox had 41 points, and he was able to get his team to victory. The Kings beat the Bulls 123-115. Cam Thomas, 40 points. Nets over the 76ers, 136-121. Giannis with 48 points, and it's the Bucks over the Mavericks, 129-117. Donovan Mitchell had 31 points, and the Cavaliers have now made it five straight wins. 117-101, the winner at San Antonio. As for the college ranks, we had a big rivalry game on Tobacco Road. Number three, North Carolina. Number seven, Duke. And it's the Tar Heels winning at 93-84 in the Big 12, a top 10 matchup. Eighth-rate Kansas upends number four, Houston, at 78-65. Number 18, Baylor over number 12, Iowa State, 70-68 as the Bears win it on a late jumper. Number 15, Texas Tech upset by Cincinnati, 75-72. In the SEC, a top-10 matchup, the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers over the number 10, Kentucky Wildcats, 103-92. And in the Mountain West, number 17, Utah State, Defeated by San Diego State, 81 at 267. And we have uh, some NFL uh, coaching news as uh, Cliff Kingsbury not going to be the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ian Rappaport is saying that it'll be Luke Getze who will be the offensive coordinator in Las Vegas. So an interesting development there. And Jarek McKinnon going to be... Off of injured reserve, the Chiefs have designated him to return from injured reserve. He's been dealing with a groin injury, so we'll see 
uh, how he's able to uh, go in the Super Bowl. Back to you guys. All right, thanks, Kev. See you in about an hour. Now, is he predicting the future? Well, we'll get to that in just about a minute. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. And, of course, we have bottom barrel betting in about seven, eight minutes from now. But let's talk about predicting the future. And one of the guys that might be doing that is Caleb Williams, the quarterback of USC, basically the former quarterback of USC. He was updating his Instagram profile picture showcasing a shot of himself as a kid and not just that, but he's wearing a T-shirt featuring, guess what, a bear. All right, like was a, a teddy bear. Uh, it's like unbelievable, really, because he knows that he may very well be the first round pick uh, of the NFL draft, and that pick goes to the Chicago Bears. Do we have to play this game? I mean, there's speculation now that some NFL analysts say that Williams does not prefer to go to Chicago. Uh, they have not had a winning season in the last 11 years. You know, to me, you know, I'd love to go to Chicago. A, I love the city. But B, you got no place to go but up. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to a team like that? Uh, I mean, maybe if they're looking at it from a, a an objective point of view. Uh, how many quarterbacks have flourished and succeeded in Chicago in their history? Sid in the Luckman. franchise's history, how many great quarterbacks? <laughs> right. So if you're Caleb Williams' family, you're looking at that, and you say that there's a problem. There's been a huge problem developing quarterbacks in that city. Can I be successful in this city in the, with this organization playing quarterback? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a reasonable take to have when you're just trying to examine what what is going on. Now, I would say the thing that he has done is he's, he's look, he's out now. He's forced himself into a situation where the Bears could very well take him. If he had trepidation about that, that's when you have the conversation before you declare. Maybe, you know, because he was getting so much NIL money, it didn't, it didn't necessarily matter. He could have stayed in and done it all over again. It's amazing. It really is. Now, the Bears have never commented whether mm-hmm. they're going to go for uh... – for, for Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, or stay with Justin Fields, and what Justin Fields' future is going to be. But uh, some of the players, and I've read this on the and the Bears have endorsed mm-hmm. that basically they want to stay with Justin Fields. And look to me, and you said this many times. There's nothing better than experience, especially these college kids who maybe have played only one year in college, jumping to the NFL and kind of getting on the center for the first time. They can't get it done. Can't get it done. And to me, there's a possibility of Kurt Cousins going free agent, Kurt Cousins maybe going to the Bears. If I'm the Bears front office, win now. Kurt Cousins is your guy. Go for Kurt Cousins and maybe still draft Caleb Williams, but let him work underneath Kurt Cousins to kind of get a feel of the NFL. That's my take. That's what I would do. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a bad uh, strategy, but um, we'll see. That's a very expensive bridge quarterback that you're talking about bringing in when you talk about Kirk Cousins, though. Like, Kirk Cousins is going to command top dollar. So you don't get a discount on that. Um, but it does make sense to bring someone in and to allow a young quarterback to sit for a while because they do pick up nuances of the game that they won't get when they can lose their confidence early on being overwhelmed by the entire atmosphere, crowd, situation, opponent, just got to be careful how you develop those guys. Uh, we've seen like a slower approach sometimes can be better, but then they're always the outliers like a, you know, CJ Stroud that plays well from the, the, the rip. You know, you just have to know your quarterback and how you want to get down. It's funny. I, I mentioned uh, it's not an Alex Smith experiment coming into the segment because I remember when Alex Smith was on Kansas City and they had Patrick Mahomes basically on the bench, didn't they? Was Patrick Mahomes be, uh, an mm-hmm. understudy? Just for a year. 
Right, and that's the way it's going to be. Aaron Rodgers was an understudy, and basically that's the way it used to be in the NFL. You draft a quarterback, and he'd sit with the clipboard and wait a year or two, and then he plays. But I guess now, with the salaries being so steep, you got to say, look, we're paying you. Get out there and play. Isn't that the reasoning why? Some of that is, but some would say, like, hey, get him that experience. But we've seen that has been successful taking a quarterback high before they need him slowly developing him on the practice field, giving him bits and pieces of playing time in the preseason and otherwise. And then in the fourth season, he appears ready to play and play at a high level. They're, they're different approaches, but we've also seen others take a different thing. Hey, we're just going to drop you in the water and you're going to have to figure out how to swim. A lot of it depends on, I would say, the kid, the, 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 co- the player that you're coaching. Can they take it? Like, Can they take hard coaching or their team that kind of needs to be built up a little bit? I mean, you have to know the personnel. You have to know what works best for your top player. What happens to Justin Fields right now? I mean, what's going through his head right now is saying like, wow, you know, I may be out of here, but, you know, do you stay with him? Because he's got the NFL experience and he, he, he didn't do a bad job, you know, with the Bears. He didn't much have much on the offensive side of the football to help him out. But seriously, what happens to Justin Fields? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a significant uh, that's, that's a million dollar question. That's a huge question. I would, if I was in charge of the Bears, I would keep Fields and draft Caleb Williams. And I would let them compete to be the starter. Because I'm going to need a backup quarterback anyway. So right. Justin Fields this year makes $6 million. That's top backup quarterback money. That's fine. But I will keep him in the fold. He already knows or he will learn the system alongside Caleb Williams. To me, there, there's nothing wrong with that. We saw the Chargers do that with Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees was there, held on to the position for two years before Phillip Rivers was able to wrestle it away from him. And Drew Brees went from being a guy that was uh, horrendous as a player to being uh, a league MVP. And a lot of that is due to the time that he spent down um, you know, uh, doing it. So I just think it's an opportunity to sit, learn, develop, become a better player, and then get onto the field. Still growing pains right there, but you don't like the Kirk Cousins idea, I guess. I like I like Kirk Cousins. Win now. I know it's money. It's a lot of money, but still, he's yeah. The, the only thing about yeah, the only thing about the only thing about Kirk Cousins, like when we talk about win now, I don't know if Kirk Cousins is really a win now quarterback. Like I know his yards and those things are great, right. but he's not a prime time player. He hasn't played well in in the clutch. And so when you're talking about, hey, we're going to win right now, I don't know if he's a force multiplier like that at quarterback that you can pencil him in. Maybe in a different situation, maybe if you put Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh or maybe Kirk Cousins works in Atlanta. I don't know if Kirk Cousins works or is a significant uh, impact player or difference maker in Chicago. Well, losing to to the Giants last year in the playoff game, that hurt. That hurt him big time. I remember last year when that, when that oh, it certainly did. I mean, but that, and he has a number of those moments on it, and you know, in his career, no doubt about that. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Now it's like a breath of fresh air. We call it bottom barrel betting, and it's freaking next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bottom barrel betting right around the bend. Yes, he is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Football Sunday. And we're live from the Tyrac.com studios. We got a game to play. Let's play it. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, Nick, I thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Oh, yeah, and here's the man who runs the show, the I-Man. I-Man number two, Ian Roddy. Hello, I-Man. Morning, guys. How's it going? I'll let you know in a couple of minutes. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? We're actually going to start with a little bit of a score update here. If you recall, uh, last week, Bucky was up. Uh, what was Bucky up? He was up four to one. But now, uh, last week, Bucky went three and Andy had two. So a l- little bit closer. more even of a split. Overall score yeah. update, Bucky's at seven, Andy's at three. So you got some ground to make up, Andy, but you're not out of it. Uh, anyway, we'll start okay. with Snooker. Mark Selby, minus 205 versus Tom Ford, plus 162. Andy, who you got? Selby. I got Selby right there. Selby. All right, Selby. Bucky, who you got? Well, you know he's go not going way, for Selby, go of course. Yeah, yeah you, go you got the greatest thing going. Everything I get, you get the other one. You're Strat's right. Strat's been working so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unreal, you, unreal. You Next. pick first. <laughs> also, uh, snooker. We got Neil Robertson minus one fifteen versus Kyron Wilson, also minus one fifteen. Uh, Bucky, let's start with you. Mm. Mm, that's a tough one because you start the same odds. I'm gonna go with Neil. Neil Robertson. Is it Robertson or Robertson? Robertson with a T. Then I got him because he must be related to the big O, Oscar Robertson. Ooh, and that's right. some great genes, and I love Oscar. All right, all so right. you're both in agreement on yes. that one. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Next, y'all were talking about hockey for a sec earlier. We're actually going to go over to the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, we got the Ottawa 67s plus 200 versus the Saginaw Spirit minus 300. Andy, we'll start with you. Uh... I'm going to go with the home team, the Ottawa 67s. All right. And Bucky, I, I assume that what means is that? you're going so with the, Spirit. Why are they called the 67s? You know, I was actually wondering that too. I, You know what? How about I How about I get back to you guys with an answer on that next yeah, week? Yeah, that will be great. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I'm going to go opposite. All right. I'm not, spirit. I'm not going with his, spirit his for Bucky. All right. We're moving over to lacrosse. We got the Colorado oh. Mammoth. At plus 190 versus the San Diego Seals, minus 260. Andy. This is pro lacrosse? Pro lacrosse. Colorado Mammoth. I never never heard of these teams. Uh, 
you know, I, I just think San Diego may be the team to seal simply because the climate's better. It's a more practice time outdoors than in Colorado. It's too cold. I like that. Yeah. With the game is in San Diego? Uh, yeah. It is in San Diego. San Diego's oh, definitely. the home team. I got the seals. No uh. doubt about that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm I'm going with Colorado because they're so excited to get in some warm weather. They're gonna be motivated. They'll be they'll be motivated to get it done on the road. All right, all right. They're motivated because I picked the other team. That's why they're motivated. Gee. Last but certainly not least, darts. We got Nathan Aspinall at minus one twenty versus Daryl Gurney at minus one ten. Bucky, who you got? Mm. Mm, let's go with Gurney. Let's go with Gurney. One ten. Let's go with Gurney. Andy? You know what, though? I, I'm, I'm going to not do the Bucky Brooks routine. I'm, I'm going with Gurney, too. How's right. that? I'm going with Gurney. Right. We probably both lose. Okay, we're just going to push, then. We're yes. just going to push. Hell out. yeah. It's yes. be a push. Yeah, you're yeah. In a, you're, I'm going to so, catch so. your rear end. I am. <laughs> you two are in agreement on two of them, so there's a, there's only three opportunities yeah. for you to catch them here. You said he, he said he didn't told me that you're, you're a Dan Campbell fan and you're over here. Okay, you know what? Like okay, you're right. Like, okay, let me get Nathan. I'm changing. Can I change? Yeah, you can I don't change. want Daryl. I don't want Gurney. I want uh, Nathan. Yeah. And this is for Dan Campbell. And there you, and there, and there you like Brandon Staley. So now you believe in oh one thing, goodness. and then you turn it because well, the fans went on you. Like, uh, I, let me go. With, I'm going with Nathan. You're right. I'm, I'm a Dan Campbell guy. I'm a riverboat gambler. There you go. All right. We'll Thank see goodness what the I'm using money on this. Thank goodness not using money on these deals, huh? Wow. Oh, Where are you getting these uh, these guys from? These games and stuff? Uh, it's a mixture kind of sites. Lac- Ge- lacrosse. Generally, Bovada is a good one that you can find some good random bottom barrel sports. But, uh, yeah, Bovada is usually the go-to. There's a few good sites out there, though. Now, Ian, the I-man here, honestly, are there people that you know that are actually gambling like on, on these games? Like Colorado and San Diego and lacrosse? Oh, really? absolutely. The fact that the lines exist tells you there's at least some people betting on it, right? I can't believe it. I, you know, you really, it's almost a disease if I'm you not, put betting I, on that. I agree. I'm not brave enough for it, but oh hey, it's goodness. available if you want it, so. I don't get it. All right. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, Mike Harmon, a.k.a. the Swollen Dome, joins the fun right here next. Greetings and welcome in another beautiful Sunday. They're preparing for biblical type storms here in southern california sandbags all over the place uh wherever you are across this great country hopefully uh getting on the highways and byways safely as we broadcast live from the tire studios tire will help you get there an unmatched selection fast free shipping free road hazard protection and over ten thousand recommended installers tire the way tire buying should be i'm mike Armin, joined as always by my guys andy Furman, radio broadcasting promotions legend newspaper columns at andy Furman fsr i'm gonna pay you for that really well you know what we we build up to the greatness because that that is what it is it is super bowl week right alongside us our guy five years in the league working in the league you were asking him all about siphoned funds earlier and begging for gambling (laughs) sites to give money back Uh, It's our guy, NFL.com, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1. You see him everywhere. You hear him everywhere. He is uh, a renaissance man. It's our guy, Bucky Brooks, at Bucky Brooks, at Big Play Football over there in the Instagram world. Guys, uh, what a crazy week it has been. Stories galore, as you guys were talking about a little bit earlier. I was on the drive-in. Coaching carousel has finally stopped. We've got everybody in a place. 
We've got a couple of the notable holdouts. Heard you talking about Belichick, and I, I think it immediately gets us to jump to the two other guys that, well, don't have head coaching jobs. One who's in a front office right now, seemingly uh, held captive, and that's Pete Carroll. The other guy being Mike Vrabel sitting <clears throat> out there, maybe uh, some of the Bill Belichick style maybe part of the mm-hmm. reason uh, that, that he's sitting this go around. But I offered the theory of maybe because there aren't a lot of spots or weren't a lot of spots, this go around where there was a quarterback and you were ready to go that maybe looked around and some of these jobs just weren't for him. Uh, Jim Harbaugh gets the plum gig, obviously with Justin Herbert. And he came out here quoting Shawshank redemption and all sorts of other fun. <laughs> uh, saying he's going to live in an RV. What do you think about that, Andy? He wants what, to live in an RV out here. Sometimes when you're a genius, and I consider Jim Harbaugh a football genius, you've got to be a little eccentric, and he is. I'll tell you what. Uh, I think what he has done throughout his career, pro and college, is nothing short of amazing. I mean, he gets a bum rap because of what happened in Michigan and the cheating, the alleged cheating situation. Look what he did at Stanford. Turned Stanford around. Michigan, a national champion. I mean, the 49ers until that last year, I think it was like 8-8. Eight and eight, But he had a wonderful run in the 49ers. This guy is an absolute football genius, a hell of a coach, and he's going to win in L.A. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, I just always love the pressers, Bucky. I mean, it's no yeah, short no, I- of riches for us here in Los Angeles. No, he's the, he's the perfect guy to come along. You talk about just the excitement that he brings. Um I, I was actually surprised at how open and funny and look, he, he he's a little quirky for sure, 100%. but uh, uh, I think it's a lot different than what they had previously at that situation in terms of a guy who was engaging the media. Um, his engagement was just great. Uh, I like the insight. He was just talking about, look, we can be tough, talented, and we expect you to win titles. To me, that's someone who doesn't run from the expectations of LA in general. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been the expectations for the Chargers, but he knows the landscape of the city. He knows what he's going to bring. And to me, he's going to use the same recipe that he did at U.S. University of San Diego, Stanford, Niners, Michigan. It's going to be about talent and toughness and physicality and overwhelming people. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, just, and he's got the quarterback. He's well, got That's the key. He's got the quarterback. But that's and you hit it. it on the head, Swollen Dome. You know, these other guys that are on the outside looking in like Belichick and Vrabel, Believe me, you know, no one has given the complete story. I still believe Belichick said, uh, yeah, uh, I'd rather wait. Because I, I, he realized you can't win in this league without a quarterback. He, he's proof positive. Was it 29 and 38 since Brady left? Yeah, I, I just found it funny, right? Rich McKay's moving over to the soccer side of things for a year. You guys mm-hmm. catch that and all the notes of, of what mm-hmm. Atlanta did there. Uh, and look, they bring back, and we talked about it a lot last week uh, with Raheem Morris, but with, with Belichick, yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously going to be more uh, more to the story. We're not going to get it all. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh in Michigan, how much of stuff that may have come out gets buried now yeah. that he's gone, right, that there becomes a handshake mm-hmm. agreement. Right, he missed, he missed time, right? People can mm-hmm. say what they want, and in the end, they won the national title. Take nothing away from it, right? It was a, a machine that rolled on. You looked at the mm-hmm. NFL-style defense, because I want to get into Michael Penix Jr. opting out and last second at the Senior Bowl. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, little maneuver there. But, you know, he was still suspended. Like, there was still stuff, and... From all reports, there was still plenty still swirling around, which is why he was trying to get the you can't fire me for cause clause 
uh, in mm-hmm. into things. So it's like, don't tell me there's nothing there, <laughs> right? He was still suspended the whole time. Now he got to do all practices during the week and just couldn't be uh, there on Saturday. But you know, the fact that they won the title doesn't remove all of that. We we can not mm-hmm. like the rules. We can uh, fight about you know what should be enforced, what isn't. The fact of the matter is, in their dying, the last vestiges of the NCAA decided to go at him, and they made you know made, made an example of hey, we still at least have a little bit of power here. And in the end, it didn't yeah. matter because Michigan went out and bludgeoned everybody. You know what I like yeah. though, when a couple of the candidates who were interviewing for the Washington Commanders job and eventually Dan Quinn got the job, they said, I they they got ownership that's basketball minded. You know, Josh Harris. Is uh, one of the owners, I guess, be the owner of the commanders. Yep. He's a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if that comes into play. I mean, would would he be a, a basketball well, guy? Well, they hired Bob guy? Myers as Bob part Myers. of the search uh, committee, yeah. right? The yeah. uh, former Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors right. uh, kingpin. So, I, you know, some of that. And, and how much are we getting that of reality there, right? Between contract demands versus the basketball mm-hmm. side, there's just a lot of noise. Uh, right now around Ben Johnson. Bucky, I mean, anything you can mm-hmm. g- give us there to try to bridge no, that I mean, gap? I know, I, look, I, you heard in the middle of the year where people talked about the exorbitant contract demands that might come out for Ben Johnson. He's a high candidate. Uh, people don't really know how much NFL coaches make, and so when the number came out that maybe he's asking for $15 million annually, uh, that made some people pause because that's the, the – they, as they say, that's the Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Mike money, Tomlin, right? Jim Harbaugh. That's yeah, yeah that's 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 big money. And so for Ben Johnson to ask for that, there were a lot of people that were turned off by that. And so obviously, you heard from the commander side that he didn't interview well, uh, didn't appear to have it together. Then you heard from his side about too many basketball players. They appeared a little too confident that they could figure everything out. It just didn't work. The one thing that we know, he went back. He's going to have another opportunity. Bobby Slowick parlayed an interview into more money from the Texans, and those guys would be the names that we talk about, um, and we go forward. I, I think the interesting thing, uh, Andy's talked about the Bill Belichick thing, right, and Bill Belichick waiting. When you're over 70, you don't have a whole lot of time to wait for the perfect situation. Sure. You know, and if he wants George, uh, if he wants Don Shula's mark, he has to kind of get to it. And I think it was more um, we're going through a thing because everything ebbs and flows, right? You have a lot of people that are guarding their desks, right? And we've been in corporate situations where uh, the boss may not do what's best for the company, but he does what's best for him in retaining his job. Some of the decisions that might have been made during the coaching cycle might have been about self-preservation of your own job as opposed to let me get the best guy for the team. And even if the best guy for the team may demote me or move me out, this is what's best for the team. I don't think everybody was thinking that when it came to the Falcon situation with Bill Belichick and maybe some of the other situations that might involve Mike Vrabel based on how Mike Vrabel exited or was dismissed from the Tennessee Titans. No, but you say what's best for excuse me, what's best for the team, Buck? I think what's best for Bill Belichick. It was not best for him to go to Atlanta when there's a quarterback situation. Look, there's only one opening that had a quarterback that's worthy of maybe a coach going there and could win, and that was Jim Harbaugh with Justin Herbert with LA with the Chargers. Other than that, there's too many quarterback questions out there, and many coaches can say, "Look, I'm, I'm going to fail with this guy. I don't want to fail." That's it. And- Andy, but it's only 32 jobs out there. And normally, if a job is open, 
It's open for a reason. Normally, you don't have the quarterback. And so your job as the coach is to figure out how I can win with what I have until I can win with what I want. And so for Bill Belichick, who has been able to do it a bunch of different ways, I mean, look, if if he wanted a gig, uh, he certainly had to go after it. I think this is a situation where maybe people um, don't buy into him as much. And maybe like, look, age is a factor. When you're 70 plus years old, you also wonder, well, how long can he stay on the job? You know, are we going to do all this, commit to him, then in two years he's going to be tired because he's older? They're saying that uh, about a that, president that, that, who's 80-plus. I mean, Yeah, we ain't going down yeah, that road, no, Andy. No, okay, yeah. just wait go, No, no, okay, no, no, no. Right. You are not just, taking me yeah. third rail this early in the uh, morning, right, Andy. Okay, I tried, I tried. <laughs> but there there's an argument like even if you go there in a very tiptoey kind of way why don't we find more people since you are legally allowed to run for president as of 35 here we go here we go now why 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 don't we have more of a spread in terms of candidacy and such so it it is one of those but certainly for head coaching we saw a skew a lot younger Right, we're talking thirty-six-year-old guys getting job, thirty-seven-year-old guys. Um, mm-hmm. you, you guys were talking uh, about ex-players mm-hmm. and, and player empowerment as part of mm-hmm. it. But I got to ask the obvious question since you guys brought his name up, uh, Dan Quinn. What am I missing here, Bucky? You just got rid of a of defensive coach. Now maybe he had more control because of that power vacuum, and now things mm-hmm. are being reestablished and all. But you bring in a defensive coach. And you have the number two overall pick. I'm sitting there going, if that's not a prime spot to go get an offensive guy and try to get this thing pushing. I know they were dead last in terms of total defense, giving up mm-hmm. over 30 points per game. But I, I this is one of the hires that I was like, really? Dan Quinn, huh? <laughs> well, a, a couple of different things. <clears throat> one, when we thought thinking about head coaches in terms of offense and defense, I think we make the mistake of kind of putting them in a bucket. The head coach is responsible for the entire team, and the head coach needs to be a guy that can stand in front of the team and really lead the team. You hear people use the leader of men. So that that has something to do with it. And I'll say this, and I'll be honest with you. Some of the offensive coaches, some of the candidates that we talk about, they're quirky. Like those guys have their nose buried in the play sheet where they're not great communicators when it comes to the team. Mike McDaniels may be a great coach, but he's a little quirky. Like just think about some of the oddball uh Offensive coaches that we've seen that have gotten head jobs, Adam Gase and some of the others. <laughs> I think when you're sitting there talking to these guys, it's one thing to be able to kind of like drop the X's and O's on the whiteboard. It's another thing to be able to tell the team directly exactly what they need to be successful. That's what we're seeing. Five of the eight candidates that were hired came from the defensive side of the ball. I think but, people yeah, are but- going away from that part of it to – Who's the guy that can give me the best leader? And I know everyone always talks about, but see, when you hire a defensive guy, if he gets the offense up and going, he's going to lose the offensive coordinator. Well, as the head coach, your job is to put a system in place that, look, regardless of who the play caller is, this is what we run for our team, and it doesn't change. You know, And that was the one thing that Belichick did for a long time with the Patriots because they had numerous offensive coordinators. But when the offensive coordinator Not came Patricia. there, they handed them – Look, that's the last one, but I would even say this. Matt Patricia performed better than Bill O'Brien as the offensive sure coordinator. Did. true. If you look at the numbers. And so he had a static playbook. For Dan Quinn, everyone wants to dump on Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn got his team to a Super Bowl in Atlanta. Now, they lost it, 
but he got his team to a Super Bowl. So it's not like this dude can't coach. It's just that he wasn't the sexy hire that everyone anticipated because everyone had their mouth fixed for a Ben Johnson, a, a Slovic, someone that came with an offense that was going to be sexy and dynamic. And it just didn't happen. But the trend hasn't been usually if you have an offensive-minded head coach and you get rid of him, usually go in the other direction for the next coach, a defensive guy. That was the trend usually in the NFL. Uh, yeah, like normally you go in terms of like opposites attract. Right. But I've always thought like the opposites would be from a personality standpoint. I mean, if you had a heavy-handed disciplinarian, then you went and got the players coach, the rah-rah guy. If you had the rah-rah guy, you got the heavy-handed disciplinarian the next time. I think what um, Adam Peters wants is what he had in San Francisco, what he was a part of, a collaborative effort to get the team going. Well, when you think about Adam Peters' maybe centers of influence, Cal Shanahan is one of his buddies. Where did Cal Shanahan come from before he was San Francisco? Atlanta, working under who? Dan Quinn. And so maybe that exchange of information. Nah, Dan Quinn is a great guy. He'll get it going. He understands the program. He can find an offensive coordinator. Hey, pair him with this. I think there are more to it than just, hey, let's go get the best offensive mind because we can get the number two overall pick and we're going to take care of that side of the ball. Uh, I think there were more factors in play when it came to what Adam Peters wanted to do. I did like the cul-de-sac moment for Micah Parsons this week, though. Goes out of his way to sandbag uh, scheme and coaches and everything. And then as soon as Dan Quinn gets hired, hey, take care of my guy. Take care of my guy out there. He'll be great. Uh, Atlanta with the number eight pick uh, for this year. Washington, of course, at number two. Uh, The aforementioned New England Patriots sitting there at three. Yeah, we've got chaos. Tennessee at seven. So top ten all about. You guys talked about the the Chicago situation. I know that's been a hot-button topic and will continue to be so for the next couple of months. The Chicago situation is Chris Collins. That's your situation being fined. That was great. That's one of the greatest exits ever. Right. Of course, then you go and lose against Minnesota. Right. Right. You got to come back off of that. You had a great uh, hard-fought game for those that missed it. Uh, Northwestern losing the other day uh, at Purdue. Uh, great effort down the stretch. Boo-boo, he was restrained at the end. No, that's yeah. right. A couple of players had to come over uh, and stop mm-hmm. him from, uh, well, maybe uh, attacking uh, said official. But I do <laughs> like that he went and he, he shook Matt Painter's hands. He went and gave Edie a hug. He gave some hugs to the players down the line uh, from Purdue, waved to the fans, and then went to the podium and was as sarcastic as you could possibly be when you talk about a 46-8 to eight free throw disparity. 46-8, to eight, gentlemen. Crazy. Crazy. Madness. Well, I'm, yeah. Were they driving trying to get one foot in the paint or were they shooting jacking up threes? I didn't see the game. I, that, there, my there, first was, person, there was are, a lot of drives to the buckets. Yes, there oh, were. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, so so that's the thing. The it should be it should be some should be some fouls called. Yeah, just uh, watching from the earlier games, uh earlier game in Evanston between the two, uh, more even in terms of free throw mm. uh and the team's a bit more even in the way they play there. But, you know, it's one loss, succeed, and proceed. We'll talk about your team in a minute there, Bucky, because, I mean, I know you're all peacocking coming off of a big win uh, and still wondering how much damage was done uh, as people took to the streets after a victory. But uh, as we continue <laughs> here uh, at Fox Sports Radio, uh, you guys had your top ten. Bucky, you went through the top ten list of mm-hmm. of people affected and, and legacies and all uh, for the Super Bowl. I got a name who's tied to a bunch of those players 
uh, but who might come out as the king of them all. We'll talk about that coming up next. Andy Furman. It's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. This is Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare welcome back in fox football sunday fox sports radio mike Harmon, alongside andy Furman, bucky brooks hey football fans be sure to tune into fox sports radio every sunday morning in other words, just stay tuned as we finish up here. 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. It's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, and professional better Bill Krakenberger have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here. Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Today, start getting into some of the prop bets, some of the line movement, some of the storylines that may affect your wagering uh, opportunities coming into Super Bowl next Sunday. So uh, get that uh, after we go off the air a little bit later on. Of course, you get the podcast of our show, Fox Football Sunday, wherever you download uh, your audio. Take us with you. Evangelize to family and friends. Uh, give it five stars. Tell us how pretty we are. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Gentlemen, we're talking about head coaches a lot. Uh, one guy that's in the spotlight for me coming into the Super Bowl an assistant. No, not Brendan Daly, linebacker's coach of the Chief, who's already got five Super Bowl rings. But what about the job Steve Spagnolo uh, has done there in Kansas City? All of the greatness. And, and I think, uh, you know, we always look for goats and usually in the negative side of things. So last week became about why didn't the Ravens run the football? What are we doing here? You got Sneed with one of the plays that great plays that we'll have seen in recent playoff history when he smashed the ball away from Flowers heading towards the end zone. But for Spagnolo, this could be Super Bowl number four, guys. Uh, and he's vanquished some of the heavyweights uh, along the way. And if he were able to solve Shanahan and this offense, uh, another feather in the cap towards becoming one of the all-time great assistant coaches, right? On the offensive side, we always talked about Norvell Turner. On the uh, on the defensive side, I have uh, a soft spot in my heart for the great Wade Phillips. Uh, and now we add Spagnola to the list of wizards along the way. And he was really complimentary of Brock Purdy uh, when he hit the podium. You would expect nothing less, but effusive with the praise of all the different ways that he could hurt him. But a guy that I think in terms of that list, I would add him at number 11 for you, Bucky. 
<laughs> yeah, look, uh, C-Spec Nolo has done a really, really good job, and he doesn't get enough credit because as much as we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, even in the lead-up to the game, we talk about Andy Reid, we talk about Pat Mahomes, we really don't talk about the reason why they're there, which is the defense. Defense was number two all year. I think number two scoring defense. They played really well. Uh, Chris Jones sparks the way, but LeJarrius Sneed emerging as the number one corner. And they're doing it with so many young guys. When you look at it too deep, so many first and second year players uh, finding ways to make contributions. This is a team that has undergone a makeover. And the makeover, to me, is one of the reasons why um, Pat Mahomes will eventually challenge Tom Brady for GOAT status. After they got whooped on Christmas Day by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, they decided that, hey, man, as much as we want to be this high-flying offensive team, we're going to kind of dial it back. We're going to be a super conservative team. The ball is going to go to Pacheco. It's going to go to Travis Kelsey, Rache Rice, and Pat Mahomes. Just don't turn it over. We're going to let our defense win it for us. And that's what they've been able to do. Um, and a lot of that is because Spax has been so great at blitzing his way uh, into success. They are blitzing people at a crazy rate. They blitz the snot out of Lamar Jackson. And they dominated. And so I think they're going to attack um, the 49ers in a way that was very similar to the to what Baltimore did to kind of force Brock Purdy into a bad game. And we'll see if they can hold up. You know, let me say this about Steve Spagnuolo. Number one, I was sorry to see him go from the Giants. That 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 hurt me because that's the team I grew up with. But, you know, you, you talk about names of assistant coaches that always get bantied around uh, to become a head coach. And you never hear his name out there. And you know why? Because certain people know their role. And what I mean by that, you know, you look at the Peter principle. If you're a great teacher, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great principal. You know, you're a teacher. That's what you are uh, in elementary school, junior high school, whatever it may be. And these teachers say, well, you know, why don't you become a principal? You know, maybe you were forced or maybe you were meant to be a teacher, not an administrator, but a teacher. And maybe Spagnola is meant to be a defensive minded coordinator. Uh, maybe they'll make him an associate head coach in charge of defense, whatever it may be. He may never be a head coach, and he never longs to be a head coach. I mean, you, you heard about the enemy all the time on that staff wanting to be a head coach, but you never heard about Spagnola wanting to be a head coach. Well, because he, he got his opportunity. It didn't go it – didn't, it wasn't great when he was in right. St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. It, was, yeah. it, was, it wasn't great. But people now, that doesn't mean he second chances. Improve. Right. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, he couldn't do it better the second time around, but because it was so, um, it went so left. Yeah, for ten him and thirty-eight. Yeah, was... as as the head coach, and then he got a second bite as an interim for the Giants. He went one and three. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of losses. So I, there I you go. So you pile up those, there. and now you just pile up wins. Uh, and in theory, stay in Kansas City as long as you can. To your point on the starting 11 there, Bucky, I mean, you got a lot of guys drafted or acquired mm -hmm. in 2020 mm -hmm. or later. Uh, Carl Loftus mm -hmm. working alongside uh, up front, you know, when we talk about some of the great things. And the one holdout that actually worked in Chris Jones. Yeah, sure How about did. that? Of all, of all of those that we, we talked about all offseason, uh, there's the one that worked. I uh, wanted to do a callback to your guys in bottom barrel betting. You asked a question uh, earlier, Andy Furman, and I had the answer, and I wanted to go, ooh, ooh, pick me. Uh, but, you know, it, it was dark in the studio, and Ian was locked in. I mean, he was locked in. Uh, the mm -hmm. Ottawa 67s. You heard of them. You did? Well, the um, – oh. yeah, they were established during Canada's centennial year of 1967. That's it. How do you like that? Mm. You knew that or you looked it up? No, I knew that. 
really? confirmed it, but I knew it. Mm. Like it's like the the Seventy Sixers, right? We were talking right, about that right. a little bit too, right? Why why are they named that? Well, they they just went for the obvious. <laughs> so sometimes you don't overthink it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Either that, or you put it back up and you start changing your name uh, every couple of years, like you do with the Commanders. I mean, what will they be next under the new regime? You'll see. Uh, they'll have some random mascot floating around that you'll be able to buy a plushie of uh, in no time flat. Hey, coming up next as we continue, we've got more in the coaching carousel. We've got the dumpster fire that is the New York football Jets uh, and Michael Penix Jr. opting out of the Senior Bowl. Bad move, or so it seems for me. But we'll talk about that in a minute. First, we got our guy Kevin Wired over there. Uh, he's got an update of everything happening in the overnight. What's up, K-Dub? Well, I hope you guys like scoring because in the NBA on Saturday night, we got a lot of it and a lot of big performances from star players. Steph Curry, the top among them, with 60 points. However, the Golden State Warriors lost to the Atlanta Hawks, 141-134. In overtime, we saw De'Aaron Fox score 41 points for the Sacramento Kings, who were able to take business take care of business against the Chicago Bulls, 123-115. Cam Thomas had 40 points. Nets over the 76ers, 136-121. to And we saw Giannis get 48 points as the Milwaukee Bucks were down 24 at one point, but they were able to come back and uh, take out the Dallas Mavericks, 129-117. Donovan Mitchell, 31 points as the Cleveland Cavaliers make it five straight wins, 117-101 winners at San Antonio, and the Knicks' nine-game winning streak is over at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers, who win it at Madison Square Garden, 113-105, behind 24 points for LeBron James and 18 rebounds from Anthony Davis. Some uh, college hoop scores, uh, number one, UConn over St. John's, 77-64. That huge rivalry on Tobacco Road saw number three, Carolina, over number seven, Duke, 93-84. In the Big 12, top 10 matchup, number eight, Kansas, takes down number four, Houston, 78-65. Fifth-ranked Tennessee wins at number 10, Kentucky, 103-92. Number 18, Baylor, beats number 12, Iowa State, 70-68. Cincinnati with the upset at number 15, Texas Tech, 75-72. And number 17, Utah State upended by San Diego State 81-67. And in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury actually not going to be the Raiders' offensive coordinator. We got an update, uh, both Schefter and Ian Rappaport saying that it'll be Luke Getze that'll be the Raiders' offensive coordinator for this upcoming season. And we did have an injury report saying that uh, Chiefs running back Jarek McKinnon going to be designated to return from injured reserve. He has been dealing with a groin injury, so we'll see uh, what his availability will be going forward for the Super Bowl. Back to you guys. Thank you much, Kevin. If nothing else, it makes the chess game a little more because now you got to go back and look at plays and formations with McKinnon. Uh, the gamesmanship uh, begins. A couple of notes off the NBA, guys. Uh, I went and saw the movie Argyle last night with my daughters. And mm-hmm. obviously the Lakers and Knicks are getting after it. And if you know my show at all uh, with Jason Smith, a uh, huge Knicks fan that, you know, sometimes I, I want to sedate him uh, <laughs> as they win. And then on the the other side, Justin Frostberg, lifelong, you know, L.A. guy, Laker fan. My phone was buzzing in the cup holder like it was the shaking scenes mm. of Jurassic Park. So, like, I knew exactly what was going on in that game without ever having to look at my phone. I got out. I'm like, all right, so the Lakers won this game. Sure enough, there's like 30 messages from these idiots going back and forth. Uh, and there's a meme that uh, Frostberg always sends me uh, that's got this greasy-looking guy holding up a Lakers logo and pointing, going, Lakers. So I got that a bunch. And the other, um, hey, Steph Curry gave that 60-point jersey to uh, Lindsay Lohan. Anybody want to jump on board that one? 
No. Uh, no. Okay, no. there you go. Uh, that's that's probably going to be worth a lot of money. You know, he's one of the uh, – he became only the second player after the age of 35 to score 30 or 60 points or more in a game. But they lost. But they lost, which is the trend in the NBA the last couple of weeks, if you noticed. Score a lot of points. Uh, you're a 50-50 proposition to actually win the game. Yay. You know, I, I, I'm a conspiracist. I mean, and I think my theory is this. The NBA, TV ratings are flat, maybe even down. The interest is waning. Uh, they can't compete with the NFL. The the, the, uh, the disparity is getting even wider between the NFL and the NBA. So maybe they were told, we need something. We need some scoring. And guys are going ballistic. I mean, Joel Embiid's putting in 70. I mean, 60 for Steph Curry. You know, people are just going crazy scoring. I don't think that's helping matters. I really don't. I mean, and, and it, it doesn't mean anything because it's just – you know, like what Giannis scored forty something last night. I, I, I don't see that happening because it was a big deal back in the day when a guy would score thirty. And now it's almost every night some guy's scoring thirty, forty, sixty. I, I, I don't see it happening, but I think the league is, is kind of maybe mandating this to get some more interest and hype with the NBA. Well, if you're on a yeah, no, go ahead, Bucky. I mean, no, it's it's kinda of crazy to see all these guys on a heater, right? Like just kind right. of going for theirs, but um it's a different time. I mean, MB going for 70-plus. Steph Curry, we've seen him go bananas, but he finally hits a 60-pointer. Uh, guys are, are going crazy. But the league has kind of opened up the rules where we're seeing higher scores. It kind of reminds me of, what was it, the, the early 80s and stuff? Yeah, when, yeah. go um, back to, like, Denver the, scoring yeah. 150 points a game. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the Nuggets going up and down the floor way back with Doug Moe and those guys, like Doug Moe, the coach kind of getting them up and going or whatever. It's just a different time. It's free-flowing. You can't really play defense just the way that they've kind of legislated hand-checking and all of that freedom of movement, I think, is what they use. Nicely done. They've legislated all that stuff out of it. It's just like the NFL. It's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. All the rules against defensive players. Let's open it up. But they're throwing up 50-plus threes a game, too, in the NBA. Well, but that's that's the other side of it, Andy, is you got guys that Mm -hmm. if you you are on a heater from the outside – Points will pile up pretty fast. Right. Right? I mean, Joel Embiid did it the old-fashioned way by actually hitting all his free throws and then just living in the paint. And now we'll see when we see Joel Embiid again, right? Uh, Mm. With the meniscus tear and flap and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Now he may be done and a lot of lamentation about the 65 games that have been imposed for all the awards and, and honors which look, players association. You know, you know my feeling yeah. on these guys. I've been very adamant about this. As soon as you allow those kind of things to creep into your contracts, where you can lose out mm-hmm. on forty, eighty million dollars because you're not an All NBA player as a group, you got played. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now they they got them. They got them now. But the same argument would be made if you were uh, someone, a Laker fan living on the East Coast, and you'd earmarked, "Hey, we're gonna go watch the Lakers play the Celtics." Because I want to see the rivalry. I want to see LeBron James play against that. You show up and LeBron and AD are yeah. sitting in the street close. You know, I mean, hey, they so, were getting ready for that game yeah. at the Garden. Yeah, I mean, well, that <laughs> happened several years ago when when LeBron and the Lakers came to Indianapolis. They only came once a year, and Le- LeBron didn't play. And I'm sure everybody wanted to go see that game to see LeBron. It's not right. And, and no, nah, and and so we can talk about that. But I will say this: it, regardless of whether it was a 65 game mandate or not. There's no way that Joel Embiid can win MVP if if he's done now before All Star. No, that's break. right. That's like, right. Like, like, like 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 he can't 100%. he can't be in it. I mean, we can acknowledge that hey, you you were having a great year, but you didn't finish the year. Right. And 
availability is part of the stuff. You got to be available. We have to see you over time to see if you can sustain uh, the level of success that you were having early in the year. Yeah, the random night's off. I'm sorry for Johnny and Susie. Uh, hmm. you, you, the Lakers mm-hmm. still showed up and played a game. And that might have been the yeah. best coaching job anybody did was AD and LeBron on Thursday night uh, against uh, the I mean, Celtics. Uh, LeBron, 23-8 and eight career at mm-hmm. the Garden. He's won 13-14 mm-hmm. there uh, as well. So uh, chaos, death, and sue. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out Caitlin Clark with her 38 against Maryland. I Fox was, with yeah. the uh, TikTok cam. Did you did you get the TikTok cam yeah. going, Andy? Yes, yes. Since I know you I, loved Peacock and, and adding extra devices <laughs> right, and stuff right. to your, yeah, to your right. viewing, yeah, he was, you know, add another download. Yeah, the bane of his existence. He did not. Did like, you ever think that, like that? Right. Did you ever think that women's college basketball would be on primetime TV on a Saturday night? Hey, you think, got, think you about got, that. You got a breakthrough artist, and then look over here at USC. You had a uh, Juju Watkins right? goes for fifty-one. Yeah. Yeah, right, they beat they beat Stanford in a big upset. So huge stuff. And then they tried to uh, debate her by uh, saying Caitlin Clark, who, and she goes, "Don't no, be doing that. No. Don't be no, doing that eat. now." Right. No, nah, she didn't eat the cheese. She did no, a really no, good no. job. And, Good for her. And yeah, and a time when when everyone is trying to cannibalize stars and make them go against each other. Like she was wise and was like, "Oh no, she's cool. She's a good player. I'm not even going there." I I appreciated that part of it to avoid right. that stuff, but. Wait a minute, Harmon, I, I can't let you off the hook because we yeah, yeah. we just had this read and we went through all the news and all this other stuff. Something kind of crossed Yeah, the, no, Getsy comes up like, next. I was going to tell you. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. I was just wondering. No, no, no. I was like, oh, okay. No, no, I wrote right. in big letters for yeah. 45 down, yeah. Getsy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all no, no, no. I, I, Andy, notes, I Andy like, wants to hear you, you know, laugh at me. So that'll be good. I'm not going to laugh at you. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it might have taken one. I just took... I just took the Raiders off the trade list no, for Justin that's, Fields. That, is that's exact, I just, that exactly I just, is. I just wiped it off. <laughs> 100%. I was like, well, no Justin Fields there. Take him off the bingo card. That, right. that is one fewer team that you have to consider in the Justin Fields uh, Olympics. We'll do that, and we'll get back into panic skipping the Senior Bowl as well as the limited play from others. Like, you know, you, you cost guys opportunity. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. There's Andy Furman. Over there is Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. This is Fox Football Sunday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back into the Tyrac.com Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Andy Furman, Bucky Brooks at Andy Furman FSR, where you find him, find out what he's got popping, his latest columns, radio work, all of that promoted there at Bucky Brooks as well for latest columns and insights across the the league. Uh, And, of course, you can grab the podcast wherever you get your audio. Ian will have it up here uh, in short order. Fox Sports Weekends, look for Fox Football Sunday. Uh, Download it, uh, evangelize to your friends and family. It's a gift. You know, just because the holidays are are over doesn't mean you can't still give gifts. Uh, We are uh, uh, a magnanimous people, no question about that. Uh, Guys, uh, you brought it up, Bucky. Uh, Let's let's just get to it. Luke (laughs) Getze there, Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, uh, the head man. He's brought in Marvin Lewis, uh, and now he brings in a guy. Look, the one thing the Bears did do well, they ran the football for as much as people mocked uh, the offense overall and questioned some of the decision-making and how much Justin Fields truly grew as a passer. Uh, they did run the ball effectively between multiple running backs. So you bring that to bear. Uh, yeah, let's see what I did there. Uh, yeah. But that means you're probably not bringing Justin Fields from the Bears. Uh, so you get back into the play of you got Aiden O'Connell uh, and now you have to figure out your quarterback position. But uh, for for the Raiders... You know, they, they make that move, and, and Cliff Kingsbury is still floating out in the wind, maybe to Washington, maybe not. Uh, Bucky, what, what do you make of it, Luke Getze, uh, and the fit there? You know, so I'm, I'm really trying to figure out a direction that AP wants to take this offense, right? Because when he took over, he talked about them being heavy-handed, want to smash, wanted to give it to Josh Jacobs, wanted to run the football, and they did that. They became a more physical team and those things. When I think about Luke Getze, um, yeah, you bring up great points when you talk about the Bears being able to successfully run it. They did run it a ton. Uh, they ran it utilizing the quarterback near the end of the year. I just kind of want to know what Luke Getze hangs his hat on and like who is he as a play caller, as a offensive builder. I also wonder if there is some of the Packers stuff that AP and the Raiders want, meaning the Packers sat and developed – Jordan Love. Luke Getsy was mm-hmm. there for part of that part. You know, like, did he have the freedom to do some of those things in Chicago that he saw and witnessed in Green Bay and maybe he wanted to bring in? So maybe he implements some of the stuff that the Packers did to develop their young players to get them up and ready because uh, he won't have the stop sign that Aaron Rodgers was for the Green Bay Packers. And so maybe he's appealing in that regard that he couldn't do everything that maybe he wanted to do in Chicago but he'll have the freedom to do in uh, Las Vegas. You know, but look, Antonio Pierce has always said you got to run the football. He likes to play action pass. And if you look at Getze right now, and I know he's got that bad rap in him for Chicago, but look at the stats. Uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, didn't they lead the league in rushing? Uh, 22, and they, what, they finished a second or third last mm-hmm. year in rushing. So, you know, they're going to run the football. I mean, and look, the credit to the Bears. I mean, they lost David Montgomery, and they still ran the football. Leads for the Lions. And obviously the Justin Fields yardage, as you alluded to, Bucky, uh, helps augment that total, but all rushing yards uh, to the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Andy, are you a big sneaker guy at all? Uh, I usually wear the uh, old school 
High top converse. Okay, I was kind of hoping you were going to tell me you were a Jordan guy because I know Bucky is. No. You know, no. one apiece. Oh, I'm a Jordan for, guy, but I wouldn't wear them. Yeah, one apiece from the last games, 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, 98. Uh, he had a tradition where he had a member of the staff where he would give one of his shoes from the last game of the championship series as a collection, gentlemen. They sold for $8 million at Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. Signed shoes. Mm. Now, even if you had the money to buy them, would you wear them? No, no, That's no. That, those, that just becomes a display piece under lock and key with alarms and in the proper conditioning. The problem is trying to keep them from disintegrating over time. You know, <laughs> no matter how much you clean them. <laughs> We know that happens to sneakers, yeah. so you know, no, that's, that's, a, that's a tough $8 million investment there. I, I wouldn't say it was an in, investment, you in. think? I wouldn't call it an investment. Well, Would at least you? short term it is. I mean, you could probably, I mean, you know, in short time, kind of flip those things. Market market for the uh, the small market out there, there, I would think. Well, small but market. you know what? Rich guys want to have the thing nobody else can, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be Coming a team. Glass case. Yeah. And when you come to the house for a party, it's there. You know, hey, under lock and key. Hey, what's behind that screen? Oh, wait, it's my Jordans. Oh, my word. (laughs) See, I've got this all planned out when I hit it rich, and you can come and hang it and admire my collection. If I won the lottery, that would be the last thing on my list to purchase. The last thing? The last. Come on, not the last thing. It probably would be, yes. We'll get Bill Belichick another gig, and you'll be his sidekick. He's Andy Furman. That's Bucky. I'm Mike. We continue next. You're on Fox. Greetings and welcome in another beautiful Sunday. They're preparing for biblical-type storms here in Southern California. Sandbags all over the place. Uh, Wherever you are across this great country, hopefully uh, getting on the highways and byways safely as we broadcast live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Mike Arman, joined, as always, by my guys, Andy Furman, radio broadcasting promotions legend. Newspaper columns at Andy Furman FSR. I'm going to pay you for that, really. Well, you know what? We build up to the greatness because that that is what it is. It is Super Bowl week, right? Alongside us, our guy, five years in the league, working in the league. You were asking him all about siphoned funds earlier and begging for gambling (laughs) sites to get money back. Uh, it's our guy, NFL.com, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1. You see him everywhere. You hear him everywhere. He is uh, a renaissance man. It's our guy, Bucky Brooks, at Bucky Brooks, at Big Play Football over there in the Instagram world. Guys, uh, what a crazy week it has been. Stories galore, as you guys were talking about a little bit earlier. I was on the drive-in. Uh, coaching carousel has finally stopped. We've got everybody in a place. We've got a couple of the notable holdouts. Heard you talking about Belichick, and I, I think it immediately gets us to jump to the two other guys that, well, don't have head coaching jobs. One who's in a front office right now, seemingly uh, held captive, and that's Pete Carroll. The other guy being Mike Vrabel sitting <clears throat> out there. Maybe uh, some of the Bill Belichick style may be part mm-hmm. of the reason uh, that, that he's sitting this go-around. But I offered the theory of, Maybe because there aren't a lot of spots or weren't a lot of spots this go-around where there was a quarterback and you were ready to go, that maybe he looked around and some of these jobs just weren't for him. 
Uh, Jim Harbaugh gets the plum gig, obviously, with Justin Herbert, and he came out here quoting Shawshank Redemption and all sorts of other fun. Uh, <laughs> Sadie's going to live in an RV. What do you think about that, Andy? He wants to live in an RV out here. Sometimes when you're a genius, and I consider Jim Harbaugh a football genius, you've got to be a little eccentric, and he is. I'll tell you what. Uh, I think what he has done throughout his career, pro and college, is nothing short of amazing. I mean, he gets a bum rap because of what happened in Michigan and the cheating, the alleged cheating situation. Look what he did at Stanford. Turned Stanford around. Michigan, a national champion. I mean, the 49ers until that last year, I think it was like 8-8. Eight and eight, But he had a wonderful run in the 49ers. This guy is an absolute football genius, a hell of a coach, and he's going to win in L.A. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, I just always love the pressers, Bucky. I mean, it's no yeah, short no, I- of riches for us here in Los Angeles. No, he's the, he's a perfect guy to come along. You talk about just the excitement that he brings. Um I, I was actually surprised at how open and funny and look, he, he he's a little quirky for sure, 100%. but uh, uh, I think it's a lot different than what they had previously at that situation in terms of a guy who was engaging the media. Um, his engagement was just great. Uh, I liked the insight. He was just talking about, look, we can be tough, talented, and respected to win titles. To me, that's someone who doesn't run from the expectations of LA in general. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been the expectations for the Chargers, but he knows the landscape of the city. He knows what he's going to bring. And to me, he's going to use the same recipe that he did at U.S. University of San Diego, Stanford, Niners, Michigan. It's going to be about talent and toughness and physicality and overwhelming people. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, just, and he's got the quarterback. He's well, got That's the key. He's got the quarterback. But that's and you hit it. it on the head, Swollen Dome. You know, these other guys that are on the outside looking in like Belichick and Vrabel, Believe me, you know, no one has given the complete story. I still believe Belichick said, uh, yeah, uh, I'd rather wait. Because he realized you can't win in this league without a quarterback. He, he's proof positive. Was it 29 and 38 since Brady left? Yeah, I, I just found it funny, right? Rich McKay's moving over to the soccer side of things for a year. You guys mm-hmm. catch that and all the notes of, of what mm-hmm. Atlanta did there. Uh, and look, they bring back, and we talked about it a lot last week uh, with Raheem Morris, but with, with Belichick, yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously going to be more uh, more to the story. We're not going to get it all. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh in Michigan, how much of stuff that may have come out gets buried now yeah. that he's gone, right, that there becomes a handshake mm-hmm. agreement. Right, he missed, he missed time, right? People can mm-hmm. say what they want, and in the end, they won the national title. Take nothing away from it, right? It was a, a machine that rolled on. You looked at the mm-hmm. NFL-style defense, because I want to get into Michael Penix Jr. Up and, up and out and last second at the Senior Bowl. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, little maneuver there. But, you know, he was still suspended. Like, there was still stuff, and... From all reports, there was still plenty still swirling around, which is why he was trying to get the you can't fire me for cause clause uh, in mm-hmm. into things. So it's like, don't tell me there's nothing there, <laughs> right? He, he's still suspended the whole time. Now he got to do all practices during the week and just couldn't be uh, there on Saturday. But, you know, the fact that they won the title doesn't remove all of that. We, we can not mm-hmm. like the rules. We can uh, fight about, you know, what should be enforced, what isn't. The fact of the matter is, in their dying, the last vestiges of the NCAA decided to go at him, and they made you know made, made an example of hey, we still at least have a little bit of power here. And in the end, it didn't yeah. matter because Michigan went out and bludgeoned everybody. You know what I like yeah. though? 
when a couple of the candidates who were interviewing for the Washington Commanders job, and eventually Dan Quinn got the job, they said, I think they got ownership that's basketball-minded. Now, Josh Harris is uh, one of the owners, I guess maybe the owner of the Commanders. Yep. He's a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if that comes into play. I mean, would would he be a, a basketball well, guy? Well, they hired Bob guy? Myers as Bob part Myers. of the search uh, committee, yeah. right? The yeah. uh, former Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors right. uh, kingpin. So, I, you know, some of that. And, and how much are we getting that of reality there, right, between – contract demands versus the basketball mm-hmm. side. There's just a lot of noise uh, right now around Ben Johnson. Bucky, I mean, anything you can mm-hmm. g- give us there to try to bridge no, that I mean, gap? <clears throat> I know. I, look, I, you heard in the middle of the year where people talked about the exorbitant contract demands that might come out for Ben Johnson. He's a high candidate. Uh, people don't really know how much NFL coaches make. And so when the number came out that maybe he's asking for $15 million annually, uh, that made some people pause because that's the, the they, as they say, that's the Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Mike money, Tomlin, right? Jim Harbaugh. That's yeah. yeah, that's 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 big money. And so for Ben Johnson to ask for that, there were a lot of people that were turned off by that. And so obviously, you heard from the commander side that he didn't interview well, uh, didn't appear to have it together. Then you heard from his side about how too many basketball players they appeared a little too confident that they could figure everything out. It just didn't work. The one thing that we know, he went back. He's going to have another opportunity. Bobby Slowick parlayed an interview into more money from the Texans, and those guys would be the names that we talk about. Um, and we go forward. I, I think the interesting thing, uh, Andy's talked about the Bill Belichick thing, right? And Bill Belichick waiting. When you're over 70, you don't have a whole lot of time to wait for the perfect situation. Sure. You know, and if he wants George, uh, if he wants Don Shula's mark, he has to kind of get to it. And I think it was more, um, we're going through a thing because everything ebbs and flows, right? You have a lot of people that are guarding their desks, right? And we've been in corporate situations where uh, the boss may not do what's best for the company, but he does what's best for him in retaining his job. Some of the decisions that might've been made during the coaching cycle, might have been about self-preservation of your own job as opposed to let me get the best guy for the team. And even if the best guy for the team may demote me or move me out, this is what's best for the team. I don't think everybody was thinking that when it came to the Falcon situation with Bill Belichick and maybe some of the other situations that might involve Mike Vrabel based on how Mike Vrabel exited or was dismissed from the Tennessee Titans. No, but you say what's best for excuse me, what's best for the team, Buck? I think what's best for Bill Belichick. It was not best for him to go to Atlanta when there's a quarterback situation. Look, there's only one opening that had a quarterback that's worthy of maybe a coach going there and could win, and that was Jim Harbaugh with Justin Herbert with L.A. with the Chargers. Other than that, there's too many quarterback questions out there, and many coaches can say, look, I'm, I'm going to fail with this guy. I don't want to fail. That's it. And- what? Andy, but it's only 32 jobs out there. And normally, if a job is open, it's open for a reason. Normally, you don't have the quarterback. And so your job as the coach is to figure out how I can win with what I have until I can win with what I want. And so for Bill Belichick, who has been able to do it a bunch of different ways, I mean, look, if if he wanted a gig, uh, he certainly had to go after it. I think this is a situation where maybe people – don't buy into him as much. And maybe like, look, age is a factor. When you're 70 plus years old, you also wonder, well, how long can he stay on the job? You know, are we going to do all this, commit to him, then in two years he's going to be tired because he's older. They're uh, saying that I about a that, president that, who's 80 plus. 
I mean, yeah, we ain't going down yet, that road, Andy. No, okay, yeah. just wait. Go, no, 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 okay, no, no, no. Right. You are not taking me third rail this early in the morning, right, Andy. Okay, I tried. I tried. <laughs> but there, there's no. an argument. Like, even if you go there in a very tiptoey kind of way, why don't we find more people? Since you are legally allowed to run for president as of 35. Here we go. Here mm-hmm. we go. Now, why, why, why don't we have more of a spread? in terms of candidacy and such. So it, it is one of those. But certainly for head coaching, we saw a skew a lot younger, right? We're talking 36-year-old guys getting job, 37-year-old guys. Um, mm-hmm. you, you guys were talking uh, about ex-players mm-hmm. and, and player empowerment as part of mm-hmm. it. But I got to ask the obvious question, since you guys brought his name up, uh, Dan Quinn, what am I missing here, Bucky? You just got rid of a, a defensive coach, now, maybe he had more control because of that power vacuum, and now things mm-hmm. are being reestablished and all. But you bring in a defensive coach, and you have the number two overall pick. I'm sitting there going, if that's not a prime spot to go get an offensive guy and try to get this thing pushing. I know they were dead last in terms of total defense, giving up mm-hmm. over 30 points per game. But I, I this is one of the hires that I was like, really? Dan Quinn, huh? <laughs> well, a, a couple of different things. <clears throat> one, when we thought thinking about head coaches and – terms of offense and defense, I think we make the mistake of kind of putting them in a bucket. The head coach is responsible for the entire team, and the head coach needs to be a guy that can stand in front of the team and really lead the team. You hear people use the leader of men. So that that has something to do with it. And I'll say this, and I'll be honest with you. Some of the offensive coaches, some of the candidates that we talk about, they're quirky. Like those guys have their nose buried in the play sheet where they're not great communicators when it comes to the team. Mike McDaniels may be a great coach, but he's a little quirky. Like, just think about some of the oddball uh, offensive coaches that we've seen that have gotten head jobs, Adam Gase and some of the others. (laughs) I think when you're sitting there talking to these guys, it's one thing to be able to kind of like drop the X's and O's on the whiteboard. It's another thing to be able to tell the team directly exactly what they need to be successful. That's what we're seeing. Five of the eight candidates that were hired came from the defensive side of the ball. I think but, people yeah, are but, going away from that part of it to who's the guy that can give me the best leader. And I know everyone always talks about, but see, when you hire a defensive guy, if he gets the offense up and going, he's going to lose the offensive coordinator. Well, as the head coach, your job is to put a system in place that, look, regardless of who the play caller is, this is what we run for our team, and it doesn't change. You know, and that was the one thing that Belichick did for a long time with the Patriots because they had numerous offensive coordinators. But when the offensive coordinator came there, they handed them. Look, that's the last one. But I would even say this. Matt Patricia performed better than Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. If you look at the numbers. And so he had a static playbook. For Dan Quinn, everyone wants to dump on Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn got his team to a Super Bowl in Atlanta. Now, they lost it. But he got his team to a Super Bowl. So it's not like this dude can't coach. It's just that he wasn't the sexy hire that everyone anticipated because everyone had their mouth fixed for a Ben Johnson, a, a Slovic, someone that came with an offense that was going to be sexy and dynamic. And it just didn't happen. But the trend hasn't been usually if you have an offensive-minded head coach and you get rid of him, usually go in the other direction for the next coach, a defensive guy. That was the trend usually in the NFL. Uh, yeah, like normally you go in terms of like opposites attract, right. but I've always thought like the opposites would be 
from a personality standpoint. Meaning if you had a heavy-handed disciplinarian, then you went and got the players coach, the rah-rah guy. If you had the rah-rah guy, you got the heavy-handed disciplinarian the next time. I think what um, Adam Peters wants is what he had in San Francisco, what he was a part of, a collaborative effort to get the team going. Well, when you think about Adam Peters' maybe centers of influence, Cal Shanahan is one of his buddies. Where did Cal Shanahan come from before he was San Francisco? Atlanta, working under who? Dan Quinn. And so maybe that exchange of information, nah, Dan Quinn is a great guy. He'll get it going. He understands the program. He can find an offensive coordinator, a pair him with this. I think there are more to it than just, hey, let's go get the best offensive mind because we can get the number two overall pick and we're going to take care of that side of the ball. Uh, I think there were more factors in play when it came to what Adam Peters wanted to do. I did like the cul-de-sac moment for Micah Parsons this week, though. Goes out of his way to sandbag uh, scheme and coaches and everything, and then as soon as Dan Quinn gets hired, hey, take care of my guy! Take care of my guy out there. He'll be great. Uh, Atlanta with the number eight pick uh, for this year. Washington, of course, at number two. Uh, the aforementioned New England Patriots sitting there at three. Yeah, we've got chaos. T- Tennessee at seven. So top ten uh, all about. You guys talked about the, the Chicago situation. I know that's been a hot button uh, topic and will continue to be so for the next couple of months. So. The Chicago situation is Chris Collins. That's your situation. Being fined. That was great. That's one of the greatest exits ever. Right. Of course, then you go and lose against Minnesota. Right. Right. You got to come back yeah. off of that. You had a great, uh, hard fought game for those that missed it. Uh, Northwestern losing the other day uh, at Purdue. Uh, great effort down the stretch. Boo-boo he was restrained at the end. No, that's yeah. right. A couple of players had to come over uh, and stop yeah. him from, uh, well, maybe a, a attacking uh, said official. But I do <laughs> like that he went and he, he shook Matt Painter's hands. He went and gave Edie a hug. He gave some hugs to the players down the line uh, from Purdue, waved to the fans, and then went to the podium and was as sarcastic as you could possibly be when you talk about a 46-8 to eight free throw disparity. 46 to 8, gentlemen. Crazy. Crazy. Madness. Well, I, yeah. Were they driving trying to get one foot in the paint or were they shooting, jacking up threes? I didn't see the game. I, that, there, my there, first was, person, there was a are, lot are, are of drives to the buckets. Yes, there oh, were. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing. The bucket. It, should be, it should, be some, should be some fouls called. Yeah, just uh, watching from the earlier games, uh, earlier game in Evanston between the two, uh, more even in terms of free throw. Mm. Uh, and the team's uh, a bit more even in the way they play there. But, you know, it's one loss, succeed, and proceed. We'll talk about your team in a minute there, Bucky, because, I mean, I know you're all peacocking coming off of a big win uh, and still wondering how much damage was done uh, as people took to the streets after a victory. But uh, as we continue (laughs) here uh, at Fox Sports Radio, uh, you guys had your top ten. Bucky, you went through the top ten list of -hmm. of people affected and and legacies and all uh, for the Super Bowl. I got a name who's tied to a bunch of those players uh but who might come out as the king of them all we'll talk about that coming up next it's andy Furman. it's bucky brooks i'm mike Harmon. this is fox sports radio there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back in Fox Football Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Andy Furman, Bucky Brooks. Hey, football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning. In other words, just stay tuned as we finish up here. 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. It's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, and professional better Bill Krakenberger had to cover three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here. Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Today, start getting into some of the prop bets, some of the line movement, some of the storylines that may affect your wagering uh, opportunities coming into Super Bowl next Sunday. So uh, get that uh, after we go off the air a little bit later on. Of course, you get the podcast of our show, Fox Football Sunday, wherever you download uh, your audio. Take us with you. Evangelize to family and friends. Uh, give it five stars. Tell us how pretty we are. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Gentlemen, we're talking about head coaches a lot. Uh, one guy that's in the spotlight for me coming into the Super Bowl, an assistant. No, not Brendan Daly, linebackers coach of the Chief, who's already got five Super Bowl rings. But what about the job Steve Spagnolo uh, has done there in Kansas City? All of the greatness. And, and I think, uh, you know, we always look for goats and usually in the negative side of things. So last week became about why didn't the Ravens run the football? What are we doing here? You got Sneed with one of the plays that great plays that we'll have seen in recent playoff history when he smashed the ball away from Flowers heading towards the end zone. But for Spagnolo, this could be Super Bowl number four, guys. Uh, and he's vanquished some of the heavyweights uh, along the way. And if he were able to solve Shanahan and this offense, uh, another feather in the cap towards becoming one of the all-time great assistant coaches, right? On the offensive side, we always talked about Norvell Turner. On the uh, on the defensive side, I have uh, a soft spot in my heart for the great Wade Phillips. Uh, and now we add Spagnola to the list of wizards along the way. And he was really complimentary of Brock Purdy uh, when he hit the podium. You would expect nothing less, but effusive with the praise of all the different ways that he could hurt him. But a guy that I think in terms of that list, I would add him at number 11 for you, Bucky. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, C-Spec Nolo has done a really, really good job. And he doesn't get enough credit because as much as we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, even in the lead up to the game, we talk about Andy Reid, we talk about Pat Mahomes. We really don't talk about the reason why they're there, which is the defense. Defense was number two all year. I think number two scoring defense. They played really well. Uh, Chris Jones sparks the way, but Jerry Sneed emerging as the number one corner. And they're doing it with so many young guys. When you look at it too deep, so many first and second year players uh, finding ways to make contributions. 
This is a team that has undergone a makeover. And the makeover to me is one of the reasons why um, Pat Mahomes will eventually challenge Tom Brady for GOAT status. After they got whooped on Christmas Day by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, they decided that, hey, man, as much as we want to be this high-flying offensive team, we're going to kind of dial it back. We're going to be a super conservative team. The ball is going to go to Pacheco. It's going to go to Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Pat Mahomes. Just don't turn it over. We're going to let our defense win it for us. And that's what they've been able to do. Um, and a lot of that is because Spags has been so great at blitzing his way uh, into success. They are blitzing people at a crazy rate. They blitzed the snot out of Lamar Jackson, and they dominated. And so I think they're going to attack um, the 49ers in a way that was very similar to the to what Baltimore did to kind of force Brock Purdy into a bad game. And we'll see if they can hold up. You know, let me say this about Steve Spagnuolo. Number one, I was sorry to see him go from the Giants. That 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 hurt me because that's the team I grew up with. But, you know, you talk about names of assistant coaches that always get bantied around uh, to become a head coach. And you never hear his name out there. And you know why? Because certain people know their role. And what I mean by that, you know, you look at the Peter principle. If you're a great teacher – doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great principal. You know, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. That's what you are uh, in elementary school, junior high school, whatever it may be. And these teachers say, well, you know, why don't you become a principal? You know, maybe you were forced or maybe you were meant to be a teacher, not an administrator, mm-hmm. but a teacher. And maybe Spagnola is meant to be a defensive minded coordinator. Uh, maybe they'll make him an associate head coach in charge of defense, whatever it may be. He may never be a head coach, and he never longs to be a head coach. I mean, you, you heard about the enemy all the time on that staff wanted to be a head coach, but you never heard about Spagnola wanting to be a head coach. Well, because he he got his opportunity, it didn't go. It didn't. It wasn't great when he was in right. St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. It, right. It, yeah. it was. It wasn't great. But people now, that doesn't mean second he chances. Right. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, he couldn't do it better the second time around, but because it was so, um, it went so left. Yeah, for ten him and thirty-eight. Yeah, as as the head coach, and then he got a second bite as an interim for the Giants. He went one and three. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of losses. So I, there I you go. So that. you pile up those, and now you just pile up wins. Uh, and in theory, stay in Kansas City as long as you can. To your point on the starting 11 there, Bucky, I mean, you got a lot of guys drafted or acquired mm-hmm. in 2020 mm-hmm. or later. Uh, Karloftis mm-hmm. working alongside uh, up front, you know, when we talk about some of the great things. And the one holdout that actually worked in Chris Jones. Yeah, sure How about did. that? Of all, of all of those that we, we talked about all offseason, uh, there's the one that worked. I uh, wanted to do a callback to your guys in bottom barrel betting. You asked a question uh, earlier, Andy Furman, and I had the answer, and I wanted to go, ooh, ooh, pick me. Uh, but, you know, it, it was dark in the studio, and Ian was locked in. I mean, he was locked in. Uh, the mm-hmm. Ottawa 67s. You heard of them. You did? Well, the um, – oh. yeah, they were established during Canada's centennial year of 1967. That's it. How do you like that? Mm. You knew that or you looked it up? No, I knew that. Really? I confirmed it, but I knew it. Huh. Like It's like the, the 76ers, right? We were talking right, about that right. a little bit too, right? Why, why are they named that? Well, they, they just went for the obvious. <laughs> so, sometimes you don't overthink it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Either that or you put it back up and you start changing your name uh, every couple of years like you do with the commanders. I mean, what will they be next under the new regime? You'll see uh, they'll have some random mascot floating around that you'll be able to buy a plushie of uh, in no time flat. Hey, coming up next as we continue, we've got more in the coaching carousel. We've got the dumpster fire that is the New York football Jets. 
Uh, and Michael Penix Jr. opting out of the Senior Bowl. Bad move. Or so it seems for me. But we'll talk about that in a minute. First, we got our guy Kevin Wired over there. Uh, he's got an update of everything happening in the overnight. What's up, K-Dub? Well, I hope you guys like scoring because in the NBA on Saturday night, we got a lot of it and a lot of big performances from star players. Steph Curry, the top among them, with 60 points. However, the Golden State Warriors lost to the Atlanta Hawks, 141-134. In overtime, we saw De'Aaron Fox score 41 points for the Sacramento Kings, who were able to take business take care of business against the Chicago Bulls 123-115. Cam Thomas had 40 points. Nets over the 76ers 136-121 to and we saw Giannis get 48 points as the Milwaukee Bucks were down 24 at one point but they were able to come back and uh, take out the Dallas Mavericks 129-117. Donovan Mitchell 31 points as the Cleveland Cavaliers make it five straight wins. 117-101 winners at San Antonio and the Knicks nine game winning streak is over at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers who win it at Madison Square Garden 113-105 behind 24 points to LeBron James and 18 rebounds from Anthony Davis. Some uh, college hoop scores. Uh, number one, UConn over St. John's, 77-64. That huge rivalry on Tobacco Road saw number three, Carolina over number seven, Duke, 93-84. In the Big 12, top 10 matchup. Number eight, Kansas takes down number four, Houston, 78-65. Fifth-ranked Tennessee wins at number 10, Kentucky, 103-92. Number 18, Baylor beats number 12, Iowa State, 70-68. Cincinnati with the upset at number 15, Texas Tech, 75-72. And number 17, Utah State upended by San Diego State 81-67. And in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury actually not going to be the Raiders' offensive coordinator. We got an update, uh, both Schefter and Ian Rappaport saying that it'll be Luke Getze that'll be the Raiders' offensive coordinator for this upcoming season. And we did have an injury report saying that uh, Chiefs running back Jarek McKinnon going to be designated to return from injured reserve. He has been dealing with a groin injury, so we'll see uh, what his availability will be going forward for the Super Bowl. Back to you guys. Thank you much, Kevin. If nothing else, it makes the chess game a little more because now you got to go back and look at plays and formations with McKinnon. Uh, the gamesmanship uh, begins. couple of notes off the NBA, guys. Uh, I went and saw the movie Argyle last night with my daughters. And mm-hmm. obviously the Lakers and Knicks are getting after it. And if you know my show at all uh, with Jason Smith, a uh, huge Knicks fan that, you know, sometimes I, I want to sedate him uh, <laughs> as they win. And then on the the other side, Justin Frostberg, lifelong, you know, L.A. guy, Laker fan. My phone was buzzing in the cup holder like it was the shaking mm. scenes of Jurassic Park. So, like, I knew exactly what was going on in that game without ever having to look at my phone. I got out. I'm like, all right, so the Lakers won this game. Sure enough, there's like 30 messages from these idiots going back and forth. Uh, And there's a meme that uh, Frostberg always sends me uh, that's got this greasy-looking guy holding up a Lakers logo and pointing, going, Lakers. So I got that a bunch. And the other, um, hey, Steph Curry gave that 60-point jersey to uh, Lindsay Lohan. Anybody want to jump on board that one? No, uh, no. Okay, there you go. Uh, that's that's probably going to be uh, worth a lot of yeah, money. You know, know, he's one of the. Uh, he became only the second player after the age of thirty-five to score thirty or sixty points or more in a game. But they lost. But they lost, which is the trend in the NBA the last couple of weeks. If you noticed, score a lot of points. Uh, you're a fifty-fifty proposition to actually win the game. Yay! You know, I, I, I'm a conspiracist. I mean, and I think my theory is this: the NBA TV ratings are flat, maybe even down. 
The interest is waning. Uh, they can't compete with the NFL. The, 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 uh, the disparity is getting even wider between the NFL and the NBA. So maybe they were told, we need something. We need some scoring. And guys are going ballistic. I mean, Joel Embiid's putting in 70. I mean, 60 for Steph Curry. You know, people are just going crazy scoring. I don't think that's helping matters. I really don't. I mean, and, and it, it doesn't mean anything because it's just, you know, like what Giannis scored 40-something last night. I, I, I don't see that happening because it was a big deal back in the day when a guy would score 30. And now it's almost every night some guy's scoring 30, 40, 60. I, I, I don't see it happening, but I think the league is, is kind of maybe mandating this to get some more interest and hype with the NBA. Well, if you're on a yeah, – no. go ahead, Bucky. <clears throat> No, it's, it's kind of crazy to see all these guys on a heater, right? Like, just kind of right. going for theirs. But um, it's a different time. I mean, MB going for 70-plus. Steph Curry, we've seen him go bananas, but he finally hits the 60-pointer. Uh, guys are, are going crazy. But the league has kind of opened up the rules where we're seeing higher scores. It kind of reminds me of, what was it, the, the early 80s and stuff? Yeah, when, yeah. go um, back to, like, Denver the, yeah. scoring 150 points a game. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the Nuggets going up and down the floor way back with Doug Moe and those guys, like Doug Moe, the coach, kind of getting them up and going or whatever. It's just a different time. It's free-flowing. You can't really play defense just the way that they've kind of legislated hand-checking and all of that freedom of movement, I think, is what they Nicely use. done. Well, they, 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 right. They've legislated all that stuff out of it. And it's, so just it's just like the NFL. It's the same thing. Right, mm-hmm. all the rules against defensive players. Let's open right. it up. But they're throwing up fifty plus threes a game too in the NBA. Well, but that's, that's the... but that's the other side of it, Andy. Is you got guys that mm-hmm. if you if you are on a heater from the outside, points will pile up pretty fast. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid did it the old fashioned way by actually hitting all his free throws and then just living in the paint. And now we'll see when we see Joel Embiid again. Right, uh, mm. with the meniscus tear and flap and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he may be done and a lot of lamentation about the 65 games that have been imposed for all the awards and, and honors, which look, players association, you know, you know, my feeling yeah. on these guys, I've been very adamant about this. As soon as you allow those kind of things to creep into your contracts where you can lose out mm-hmm. on $40, 80000000 million because you're not an all NBA player as a group, you got played. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Now they, they got them. They got them. Now, but the same argument would be made if you were uh, someone, a Laker fan living on the East Coast, and you'd earmarked, hey, we're going to go watch the Lakers play the Celtics because I want to see the rivalry. I want to see LeBron James play against that. You show up, and LeBron and AD are yeah. sitting in the street close. You know, I mean, hey, they so, were getting ready for that game yeah. at the Garden. Yeah, I mean. Well, that happened <laughs> several years ago when, when LeBron and the Lakers came to Indianapolis. They only came once a year, and Le- LeBron didn't play. And I'm sure everybody wanted to go see that game to see LeBron. It's not right. And and, uh, and and so we can talk about that, but I will say this. It, regardless of whether it was a 65-game mandate or not, there's no way that Joel Embiid can win MVP if, if he's done now before All-Star. No, that's right. Like, 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 like he, can't, he can't be in it. I mean, we can acknowledge that hey, you're, you were having a great year, but you didn't finish the year. Right. And availability is part of – the stuff you got to be available. We have to see you over time to see if you can sustain uh, the level of success that you were having early in the year. Yeah, the random nights off. I'm sorry for Johnny and Susie. Uh, hmm. you, you, the Lakers mm-hmm. still showed up and played a game, and that might have been the yeah. best coaching job anybody did was AD and LeBron on Thursday night uh, against uh, the I mean, Celtics. Uh, LeBron 23 and eight career at mm-hmm. the Garden. That he's won 13 mm-hmm. of 14 there. 
uh, as well. So uh, chaos doth ensue. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out Caitlin Clark with her 38 against Maryland I Fox wasn't. with yeah. the uh, TikTok cam. Did you did you get the TikTok cam yeah. going, Andy? Yes. Yes. Since I know you I, loved Peacock and, and adding extra devices right, and stuff right. to your yeah, to your viewing, yeah, you know, add another download. Of, yeah, the bane of his existence. He did not, did you like, ever think he did that, not like that. Right? Did you ever think that women's college basketball would be on primetime TV on a Saturday night? Hey, you think got, think you about got, that. You got a breakthrough artist, and then look over here at USC. Yeah. You had a uh, Juju 50, Watkins right? goes Juju. for 51. Yeah. Yeah, right, they beat they beat Stanford in a big upset. So huge stuff. And then they tried to uh, debate her by uh, saying Caitlin Clark, who, and she goes, "Don't be oh, doing that. No. Don't be no, doing that now." Right. No, she didn't eat the cheese. She did no, a really no, good no. job. And, good for her. And yeah, and a time when when everyone is trying to cannibalize stars and make them go against each other. Like she was wise and was like, "Oh no, she's cool. She's a good player. I'm not even going there." I I appreciated that part of it to avoid right. that stuff, but. Wait a minute, Harmon, I, I can't let you off the hook because we, yeah, yeah. we just had this read and we went through all the news and all this other stuff. Something kind of crossed. Yeah, the, no, Getsy comes up like, next. I was going to tell oh, you. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. I was just wondering. No, no, no. I was like, oh, okay. No, no, I wrote right. in big wondering. letters for yeah. 45 down. Yeah. Getsy. Okay. Yeah, all no, no, no. I, I, Andy, notes, Andy, I like, Andy wants to hear you, you know, laugh at me. So that'll be good. I'm not going to laugh at you. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it might might have taken one. I just took. I just took the Raiders off the trade list no, for Justin that's, Fields. That is that's exact, all. I just, that exactly I just, it. I just wiped it off. hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, well, no Justin Fields there. Take him off the bingo card. That, right. that is one yeah. fewer team that you have to consider in the Justin Fields uh, Olympics. We'll do that, and we'll get back into panic skipping the Senior Bowl as well as the limited play from others. Like, you know, you, you cost guys opportunity. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. There's Andy Furman. Over there is Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. This is Fox Football Sunday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare welcome back into the tire fox sports radio studios it's fox football sunday mike Harmon. Alongside Andy Furman, Bucky Brooks at Andy Furman FSR, where you find him, find out what he's got popping, his latest columns, radio work, all of that promoted there at Bucky Brooks. 
as well for latest columns and insights across the the league. Uh, and of course, you can grab the podcast wherever you get your audio. Ian will have it up here uh, in short order. Fox Sports Weekends. Look for Fox Football Sunday. Uh, download it. Uh, evangelize to your friends and family. It's a gift. You know, just because the holidays are, are over doesn't mean you can't still give gifts. Uh, we are uh, uh, a magnanimous people, no question about that. Uh, guys, uh, you brought it up, Bucky. Uh, let's let's just get to it. <laughs> Luke Getze there, L- Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, uh, the head man. He's brought in Marvin Lewis, uh, and now he brings in a guy. Look, the one thing the Bears did do well, they ran the football for as much as people mocked uh, the offense overall and questioned some of the decision-making and how much Justin Fields truly grew as a passer. Uh, they did run the ball effectively between multiple running backs. So you bring that to bear. Uh, yeah, see what I did there. Uh, yeah. But that means you're probably mm-hmm. not bringing Justin Fields from the Bears. Uh, so you get back into the play of you got Aiden O'Connell, uh, and now you have to figure out your quarterback position. But uh, for for the Raiders, you know, they, they make that move, and, and Cliff Kingsbury is still floating out in the wind, maybe to Washington, maybe not. Uh, Bucky, what, what do you make of it? Luke Getze. Uh, and the fit there. You know, so I'm I'm really trying to figure out a direction that AP wants to take this offense, right? Because when he took over, he talked about them being heavy-handed, want to smash, wanted to give it to Josh Jacobs, wanted to run the football, and they did that. They became a more physical team and those things. When I think about Luke Getze, um, yeah, you bring up great points when you talk about the Bears being able to successfully run it. They did run it a ton. Uh, they ran it utilizing the quarterback near the end of the year. I just kind of want to know what Luke Getze hangs his hat on and like who is he as a play caller, as a offensive builder. I also wonder if there is some of the Packers stuff that AP and the Raiders want, meaning the Packers sat and developed Jordan Love. Luke Getze was mm-hmm. there for part of that part, you know, like, did he have the freedom to do some of those things in Chicago that he saw and witnessed in Green Bay and maybe he wanted to bring in? So maybe he implements some of the stuff that the Packers did to develop their young players to get them up and ready because uh, he won't have the stop sign that Aaron Rodgers was for the Green Bay Packers. And So maybe he's appealing in that regard that he couldn't do everything that maybe he wanted to do in Chicago, but he'll have the freedom to do in uh, Las Vegas. You know, but look, Antonio Pierce has always said you got to run the football. He likes to play action pass. And if you look at Getze right now, and I know he's got that bad rap in him for Chicago, but look at the stats. Uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, didn't they lead the league in rushing? Uh, 22, and they, what, they finished their second or third last mm-hmm. year in rushing. So, you know, they're going to run the football. I mean, and look, the credit to the Bears. I mean, they lost David Montgomery, and they still ran the football. Leads for the Lions. And obviously the Justin Fields yardage, as you alluded to, Bucky, uh, helps augment that total, but all rushing yards uh, to the same. Uh, hey, Andy, are you a big sneaker guy at all? Uh, I usually wear the uh, old school high top Converse. Okay, I was kind of hoping you were going to tell me you were a Jordan guy because I know Bucky is. No. You know, no. one a piece. Oh, I'm a Jordan for, guy, but I wouldn't wear them. Yeah, one a piece for the last games 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, 98. Uh, he had a tradition where he had a member of the staff where he would give one of his shoes from the last game of the championship series as a collection, gentlemen. They sold for $8 million at Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. Sign shoes. Mm. Now, mm. even if you had the money to buy them, would you wear them? 
no, no, that's no. That, those, that just becomes a display piece under lock and key with alarms and in the proper conditioning. The problem is trying to keep them from disintegrating over time. You know, <laughs> no matter how much you clean them, we know that happens to sneakers. Yeah. So, you no, know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough $8 million investment there. I, I wouldn't say it was an investment, you think? I wouldn't call it an investment. Well, Would at least you? short term it is. I mean, you could probably, I mean, you know, in short time, kind of flip those things. Market market uh, for the uh, rare small game market out there, there. I would think. Well, small but market. you know what? Rich guys want to have the thing nobody else can, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be a, a team, glass case. yeah. And when don't, you come to the par- house for a party, it's there. You know, hey, under lock and key. Hey, what's behind that screen? Oh, wait, yeah. it's my Jordans. Oh my word! <laughs> See, I've got this all planned out when I hit it rich. And you can come and, and hang it and admire my collection. Andy. If I won the lottery, that would be the last thing on my list to purchase. The last Believe thing? Me. The last. Come on, not but, the last thing. It probably would be, yes. We'll get Bill Belichick another gig, <laughs> and you'll be his sidekick. He's Andy Furman. That. That's Bucky. I'm Mike. We continue next. You're on Fox. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.